Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. On this edition of Retronauts. What you gonna do when Retromania runs wild over you, brother? Hi everybody, this is Retronauts, and I'm your host, Ray Barnholtz, woefully unworthy for this week's episode, which is all about wrestling games. I don't think us Retronauts founders have any real interest in pro wrestling now, although, Bob, this is your last chance to admit any dark secrets. If this you is, uh, we're, we're afraid of contact sports here at right. Retronauts okay. HQ. <laughs> but I have assembled a crack team of wrestling fans here today, a federation, if you will, perhaps a wolf pack. Um, <laughs> a Legion of Doom? <laughs> Um, of course, Bob Mackey is here, and we also have Jeremy Parrish joining us from afar. Hello. Hi. And Hi. my aforementioned guests from the Cheap Popcast show, Dave Rudden. Yes, uh, it's a wrestling podcast that I do at the Laser Time Network with a bunch of people that have been on the show before. Yes. Excited to be here. Mm. Yes, you're the next in line of Laser Time <laughs> guests. And also, Michael Donahoe. Hello, hello. I'm a former EGM 1UP editor. That's right. And uh, now I work at Facebook, so... Very happy to be here. Great. And yes. It was great working with Michael back at, at EGM 1UP because we could always dump the, the wrestling game reviews onto someone. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And I gladly took them, and I, I felt very sad for whoever uh, had to take them after I left. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's great. We welcome you here. And this episode comes to us from Kickstarter backer Alex Forsyth. Uh, Alex was a 1UP fan from way back and was always very insistent to Jeremy in doing Russell Knotts episode, is what he called it. Yeah, he sure was. Uh, and since he's not here to defend himself, and we already have his money, Jeremy, what do you really think of him? <laughs> I, I, um, I think that his enthusiasm is laudable and also incredibly annoying. <laughs> but I'm happy that we oh, can finally... He's a, he's a cool guy. He, he was very happy um, when he talked he's been, to me. To he's off. been clamoring. You know, he's really nice. I've met him in, in person a couple of times. Ah. Um, I'm, I'm happy that we can finally give him the podcast that he's been clamoring for for years. Years and, and years and years of my life. Literally years. Finally, <laughs> literally years. I'm so much older now because of all yeah. this. But yes, here we go, Alex. This one's for you. And of course, I'm sick this week, so I'm going to disappear midway through so I can go cough and hack somewhere. Yes. <laughs> That's okay. I think uh, maybe me and Bob will as well in some way, because, you know, like I just said, I was never all that into wrestling. I don't think uh, Bob was maybe for a brief period of time. I but, had maybe a four-year sure. interest. But uh, I get it. And, you know, I sort of also have enjoyed seeing other people's nostalgia about wrestling for a few years, actually. You know, I used to enjoy uh, reading a site called WrestleCrap, which would... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's an amazing site, yes. Catalog all sorts of uh, bungles in wrestling. And, uh, you know, I uh, like everyone else, I think, who's on a video game message board, I enjoy seeing a funny animated GIF now and then from wrestling. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if, you, if you visit the uh, um, NeoGAF uh, forums, there is a what they call Rasselgaff. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I highly recommend checking it out. There's some amazing gifts that come out of that uh, that group. And uh, I think our, our backer actually posts in there as well. So I want to give a shout out to those guys because I, I post there some, not as, mu- uh, as much as I used to, but uh, definitely <laughs> want to give a shout out to them. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Crayman posts on NeoGAF where he also demands wrestle mods. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't just on the one-up forums. It's all over the internet. Exactly. Wherever he knew you were listening, perhaps, maybe. Uh, but yeah. Pretty much. Uh, but yeah, for me, it never really took hold. But uh, so for the most part, I'm going to leave most of the show to our guests. I mean, we do have a lot of games to talk about, certainly. And, um, you know, this being Retronauts, we're probably not going to get to everything. But uh, we shall see. Uh, so let me just start with like kind of an origin story for uh, you guys. Like, where, where, what was the thing that took hold for you for wrestling, and like, what, what was some of the first wrestling games you played, and you know that whole thing? Dave, let's start with you. Well, I've talked about this on a Laser Time ages ago, but sure. oddly, the thing that got me into wrestling was that my local library had a very like large stock of wrestling tapes. So like mm, wow. all the old early WrestleMania. So this was probably like eighty seven or eighty eight when I started watching and like got caught up on like all of the mid eighties wrestling and then uh yeah the the first major wrestling game that I played um was probably pro wrestling, but uh the first WrestleMania game was around the same time. Mm-hmm. And they are drastically different games. Drast- one is way better than the other. Yeah. That being wow, pro I wonder wrestling. which one that is. Yes. <laughs> uh how about you, Michael? So uh, it's an interesting question. I don't actually know or can pinpoint the exact time that I started watching wrestling. However, I do remember distinctively getting up on Saturday morning and watching Wrestling Superstars, which was the syndicated show that the WWF did, where, interesting enough, it was just the main stars wrestling jobbers. And so I don't know why, but I found this insanely entertaining. And I remember going to Blockbuster Video. Remember Blockbuster? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sure. Like it was only yesterday. <laughs> Back in the day. And I, I would rent, uh, like you said, the library. I would go yeah. back and I would rent these pay-per-views on Coliseum Home Videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I would go back and watch, you know, the, the old Summer Slams, the WrestleManias. And I, the, the first pay-per-view that I watched live, I remember, was the, the uh, WrestleMania at the um, Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. The first pay-per-view that Jim Ross actually wow. announced mm. for. And I saw it because my friend uh, actually bought it and we all came over and we watched it and mm. at the time i was maybe nine or ten this was the most amazing thing in the world i was watching a pay-per-view live yeah. i felt so oh, yeah. privileged <laughs> and that show was actually kind of shitty yeah it's <laughs> probably one of the worst except for the whole outdoor arena like yeah. las vegas caesar's palace there was thing. a that was giant gonzalez awesome. versus the undertaker match yeah so <laughs> that just shows you that the level of quality of this wrestlemania but at the time it was amazing mm-hmm. and like you, I started with pro wrestling on the NES, um, mm-hmm. WrestleMania uh, on the NES as well. And from there, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. Bob, anything to say? Well, I mean, I, I'm not into wrestling as much as uh, the other guests on our podcast, but there was like a four or five year period, maybe from like 87 or 88 to like 92, where I followed it and I was really into it. And uh, I guess all stories and retronauts relate to my stepdad, but uh, this <laughs> no, is weird. Yes, here um, we go. Here's another one. Uh, well, he had some daughters and they subscribed to WWF magazine and they gave me all of their old <laughs> wow. WWF magazines. Uh, <laughs> does that still exist even? It actually is. It does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's actually so, a kid's version as well. I mean, I guess instead of getting into superheroes, I, I got into wrestling because they wow. had their own lore they didn't have powers but they had like special moves and the costumes and stuff like that so i guess that's wow. sort of uh how i fell into it and uh much later in life uh when i went to buy fireworks uh i, I met the bushwhackers <laughs> who, who didn't lick me thank god uh, but they were they were signing autographs at a fireworks place in ohio so you know 
Fall from Grace, maybe. <laughs> I thought uh, you had just run into the mountain public and they were oh. being totally on bushwhacker legs. Yeah, they're just wearing, wearing polos and yeah. Closer. <laughs> uh, well, Jeremy. Yeah, I just I don't get the appeal of wrestling, and it's not a judgment on anyone <laughs> who likes it. I just like for me, there's no joy in watching other men beat the shit out of each other like that. I don't know. Like, I can't get into that. It's it's kind of horrible. And I realize it's all staged and fake, but I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. But I did like the fact that Cindy Lauper was really, really active in wrestling, like in the, the wrestling entertainment community or whatever in the in the 80s. That was fun. I liked Cindy Lauper. She was hilarious. She had like a waffle shaved into the side of her head. <laughs> that was great. Um and, you know, I, I did play some wrestling games. I think, like everyone, I played pro wrestling, which was hilarious because it was, you know, like super simplistic, not especially realistic, and just had all these really wacky, bizarre characters. Was that developed by Nintendo, or was that like an IRM game or something? Data East, maybe? Well, we shall talk about this, but basically it was developed by a different, I think it was called uh, Try, and then a lot of those people would go on to make the Fire Pro games, uh-huh. oddly enough. But uh, yeah, it was not directly internal from Nintendo. Okay, but it was still published by Nintendo, yes. so it yes. had that kind of, I don't know, like it, it kind of fit with everything Nintendo did. It was very cartoonish and really wacky and pretty simplistic, but fun. And beyond that, I can't think of any wrestling games I ever played, but I really like the cover to the Sega Master System wrestling, yes. Pro Wrestling where the dude's holding his own head, like he's got himself in a headlock, <laughs> of course, by by detaching his his head yeah. from his body. That's a classic it's, pro wrestling it's, move. Oh it's my truly God. a piece of art. Well, hold on, in this classic pro wrestling fashion, we have someone bursting through the door here. We're gonna have to take a break. And t- should, should I tag him out? Yes, go right <laughs> ahead. We're gonna have a special All guest right. coming right in. Just a second. This is unprecedented. Oh my God. <laughs> love, I used to love pro wrestling. So, oh my God, this is unprecedented. We've had someone else bust in here. Take over the ring. We have uh, Henry Gilbert, uh, also from Cheap Podcast. Uh, Popcast. Hi, Henry. Hi, hi. Also from GamesRadar.com yes. and all that stuff. And now yeah. he and Dave are both using one microphone. Yep. To- <laughs> tag team. Oh my God. I am the tag team champions. Yeah. Yeah. I am the tag team champions. There we go. <laughs> and as a result, also uh, Jeremy Parrish has tagged out. So. This is shaping up to be quite an event. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Crayman. It can only end in a wedding. I know, my God. So, (laughs) very quickly, uh, Henry, we were talking about how we started with wrestling and all that, and what games were the first ones we played. Uh, Really quickly, how did that begin for you? Oh, mine was, uh, I got, I was a big Hulkamaniac in the late 80s, and so it was also right when I got an NES, and then, lo and behold, you go to the store, there's Hulk Hogan all over this box for (laughs) WrestleMania. The NES game, and so I bought that, and even though it wasn't, it was barely resembled the product on TV, I, I had a good time. Right. All right, cool. Oh, you mean the wrestling wasn't punching somebody and then icons flying out of their bodies and <laughs> bouncing on the ring? I know, I never saw the Honky Talk Man grab a, re- a musical note as he was wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, it was kind of odd. So let's get right into the meat of it, the games themselves. Um, you know, a little bit about wrestling games in general. I think they all sort of started cropping up around the same time in, like, 85, 86, and then, you mm-hmm. know, 
you started to see the more licensed games come in around the later 80s. And um, that, after they sort of cropped up, it's like, oh, they became the norm. It's like, now you can you can always expect a wrestling game in some form, in some year. And uh, as far as the licensed ones, that kind of came into being, I guess, sort of thanks to a claim, at least over here in LGN. And with those specific licenses, like WWF, WCW, those always were typically exclusive to one publisher, which is kind of odd considering that most other sports games didn't really do that for quite a while. So it was always like wrestling was always exclusive to one company, basically. And I always found that interesting. Um, chronologically speaking, at least one of the earliest wrestling games I found before even Nintendo's Pro Wrestling was actually the Muscle game from Bandai, yes. the yeah. Kaniku Man game as well. And, uh, it's ba- it's barely a game, but uh, much less a wrestling game. I mean, I don't know if you guys really played it, but uh, you know, if we're all f- also familiar with the muscle yes, toys yes, and the rubber figurines, I love those things. Based on the Kaniku Man manga, uh, they just made a game out of that, and the characters just don't look good. They're so ill defined. It's, it's, it's just like, like there should have been there should have been some outline around them or something. Yeah, they it's all just... look like they're made out of paper or something. <laughs> and it's just yeah. craziness and. A uh, fun note, though, that uh, they actually made a Ultimate Muscle game for the GameCube. Yep, right. It was actually developed by Aki, the people that developed the classic Nintendo 64 games, mm-hmm. and that game was phenomenal. Yep. Great yeah, I liked game. that a whole lot. Yeah. yeah, but a game that not a lot of people really played because it came out in a time where you know, uh, you know, wrestling games just weren't as. I mean, they were prevalent, but it was a you know a muscle series. People were like, I don't want to play this game. And yeah, but, yeah, yeah. They made a couple other ones on other platforms as well, and I think I. Yeah, do I still have it? Yeah, I think I got it really cheap once. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty it. good. And then uh, you know we've already mentioned pro wrestling from Nintendo, and uh, that was like you, you know sort of the the highlights I think for for a little bit until you get in the later eighties and more licensed games. But as we also said, that was developed by Try, who would later become Human, and then uh, the designer of that game would uh, helm Fire Pro Wrestling for a little bit as far as i know and uh you know even the the sprite design in pro wrestling is kind of similar to fire pro and it, sort of what became standard yeah, with them. a little bit similar yeah. yeah i mean the the pro wrestling characters were a little bit taller and mm-hmm. uh, more slender the and the fire pro wrestlers were a little bit shorter and stockier yeah but um i definitely i can see the resemblance mm-hmm. um especially in the, the mechanics themselves yeah mm-hmm. they, they lend a lot to what you actually uh, will end up seeing in fire pro mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that pro wrestling game when i've it's a real touchstone for a lot of wrestlers. At least, like I've I've interviewed uh, like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, and when I would ask them about like, oh, what are your favorite wrestling games as a kid? They both just pro wrestling their immediate go to one, just to to be King Slender or the Starman, Starman. Yep. They they Amazon. love that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is of course also where we get the phrase "A winner is you." Oh, exactly. Right. <laughs> yes, a classic line. Of course, can't forget that. Was one of the wrestlers named Ken Corn Karn? Ken Corn Karn, okay. yes, from Korea. Cool. That, wow. that, that is correct. <laughs> okay. A little racist. Yeah. But what was interesting about that game is uh, it actually had the ability you can go outside the ring, uh, mm-hmm. which you know, which that mechanic itself was pretty cool. You could throw people against the ropes. Each people, uh, each wrestler had their own special move. Starman had the flip. Yep. Amazon had like the bite. So. Uh, in terms of actually, you know, the mechanics of it, even though it's pretty primitive, they had a lot of great ideas in it that was that went further than, again, like the WrestleMania game, which you know barely resembled the actual form of professional wrestling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think in Muscle there were even special moves. It was just 
punching and jumping. Yeah, I mean, as basic as you can imagine. And pretty you, much. you grab this glowing ball and then you win the match yeah. or something. I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Quidditch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow. Or Smash Brothers. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we have the Sega Pro Wrestling for the Master System. We also mentioned that a bit. But um, as far as the look of that game, that kind of looks more like the muscle game because have, you have much more squat-looking characters and just uh, running around. And, of course, we have that great box art with the headless wrestler, I guess, uh, <laughs> giving himself a headlock or something. Yes, yes. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you guys are really familiar playing that. I actually never played it, but um, fun fact, at EGM, uh, I think Shane Bettenhausen uh, actually uh, gifted that game to me. So hmm. at one point, I did have that game at my desk, um, okay. at box art. I should actually look for it. I'm not sure where it is, but um, it is a classic. So if anyone listening has not seen it, uh, definitely image search that. It is a uh, a fun image uh, for a ridiculous uh, game. Yeah. Uh, let's go right into it. You know, with the first WWF games, we have WWF WrestleMania for the NES from LGN in 1989. I think uh, it seems all you guys have some experience with this. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if you have anything else yes. to add about it, <laughs> what grabbed you about it or whatnot. Well, the fact that it was a WWF game. And I think it was kind of the same... Uh, uh, feeling as when I played the first Ninja Turtles game. Like, hmm. for so long I was a fan of Ninja Turtles, for so long I was a fan of WWF, and then this game comes out and I think it's going to be the biggest thing, and it's just like such disappointment. <laughs> yes. I, I distinctly remember, for Hanukkah, I am Jewish, and I remember getting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and I remember looking at the box art, and I'm like, why is there headbands all red? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Right. And then I play the game, and I'm like, this game is so fucking hard <laughs> yes. yeah and i'm like oh my god it was it was like what is this game it, it like blew my mind and it's the same way with wrestlemania i remember going to tom thumb which uh, I, i'm from texas and tom thumb is a grocery store and they can rent video games so i saw like you i saw the, the hulk hogan box art I'm like wrestlemania this is awesome get home i put it in there and I'm like, I, what is going on here? It's like sort of a fighting game. It's like side-scrolling. Hulk Hogan is kicking people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't remember a match where Hulk Hogan was kicking people. Mm-hmm. And But the thing I did like about that game was they had a, a, a pretty good uh, variety of wrestlers. And a lot of the guys that you normally didn't see. So they had Million Dollar Man, for instance, who um, at the time wasn't in a whole lot of games. They had Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, I remember the, he could do the cartwheel. Exactly. Like yeah, and they had the Honky Tonk Man. So in addition to you know your normal guys like your Hogan and your Andre the Giant and stuff like that, actually Andre the Giant that probably was the only uh, wrestling game he was in until the um, uh, what was the game uh, Legends of Wrestling All Stars hmm. All Stars. Uh, okay. Well, apparently he yeah. was he was an unlockable in No Mercy. I remember. Oh, uh, was he? Okay, Andre. Okay. But yeah, I think it was the only one he was in while he was alive. He was, he was in this NES sequel, the WrestleMania Challenge. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah. then I, I stand correct. Well, about yeah. this game, also, it's weird that uh, like other wrestling games try to approximate an audience, but in this one, you're just sort of fighting in a black void <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the world. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh, it was an empty arena match. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and and very, also, very prestigious. Yeah, and there was no, there was no real. I mean, there was a soundtrack, but I was watching it today uh, on YouTube, and it was like there's no real like level music. It's just like your wrestler's theme plays and the other wrestler's theme plays and it goes back and forth until the match yeah. is over there's it just wow, it's a strange yeah. idea but yeah. it's made by rare isn't it yes of course this was developed by rare who of course developed many games for many licenses for many companies and so this seemed to be one of those things where they were kind of taking liberties with it like you know the hogan kicks or whatever. yeah <laughs> exactly. i just, just love just, the music though like i think it was david wise it was. The, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Guy doing it and it they he approximate 
he got like real American sounding the best it could out of the NES sound chip. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'd give it credit for that, but I think that's a lesson we all just every kid has to learn when they're buying video games is just because your favorite cartoon or comic book character is on the cover, that doesn't mean you're getting what what it's telling you on the cover. Like, exactly. Yeah. So uh, as far as the NES goes, we have other games like uh, WrestleMania Challenge, like I said, Steel Cage Challenge, uh, which is not by Rare, but that was also on NES and yeah. Game Gear and Master System. Not very good. Yeah, that was one. I mean, uh, as far as even Alex told me himself, it's like all, the, all of those are basically interchangeable. All the LJ ones, you know, all have the same sorts of fighters and moves and how yeah. they all work. Because, you know, nobody was really putting any love yeah. into them. Well, mm-hmm. it did get considerably better with the second wrestling game. Like, it was more like pro wrestling where it's like oh you have the full view of the ring and there's an outside of the ring and mm-hmm. you have so entrances like, stuff like yeah. that yeah and just one i found you know for any uh uk listeners we have wrestling superstars from codemasters that was released in 93 for the various microcomputers over there and uh uh that also has notable box art because it just has a hulk hogan facsimile you know <laughs> tearing, i actually looked at that it's yeah. pretty amazing tearing yeah. apart his not hulkamania uh clothes but uh, just an american flag there so <laughs> That uh, also seems very unremarkable, but uh, that was a notable one I didn't know about until now. Yeah. So uh, let's move into like the 16-bit era, and this is where I think things finally start getting really good. Yes. Um, however, maybe not as great, because I want to start with Super WrestleMania, which was also by LJN. I mean, this seemed like it got a bit of hype. I mean, I remember the Nintendo Power cover. I don't know if that really struck any chords yeah, with you guys. Yeah, it was like Earthquake on the cover or no, something? No, it was Hogan. Okay. You know, maybe he was maybe he's slamming like, somebody. Yeah. Yes, and actually, um, I was actually going back and watching old wrestling videos on YouTube, and they actually did a segment. I don't remember the name of it, but it was a talk show-style segment with uh, Vince McMahon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, I think Mr. Perfect, and I believe they were actually playing the game uh, live, and it was really funny (laughs) watching them play it, because... You know, I had to think like at the time Nintendo was like, "All right, you got you got to play this game on your on your program." And just Vince, <laughs> like, I wouldn't be in the room with Vince McMahon when he had to agree to do this. Right. <laughs> you know, Vince McMahon, he's crazy. Yeah. But I actually loved that game. I owned it. I played the shit out of it, even though it's <laughs> not technically a good game. Mm. Um, at the time, you know, it was pretty amazing because. Uh, the graphics were pretty good for, for you know, 16-bit era. They had a good selection of wrestlers. Um, uh, I think Mr. Perfect, Ric Flair, uh, Hogan. Um, I can't remember some of the... Like, Undertaker was in it. And they all had their special moves, which was cool. And I, I believe you can get a chair in that game. And not Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was one of those series of the 16-bit era. Yeah. So, all pretty much interchangeable. So, I mean, you know, for, for the time, it was definitely... I mean, it resembled wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. You had the button mechanic where each each player would uh, pound on the buttons to, to get the grapple. Okay. So, um, you, know, you, you know, it was fine. What do you guys think? Uh, well, my personal biography, this is a, a blank time for me in wrestling games. Because after... After the crappy end of WrestleMania 9, I was like, I'm done with wrestling. Forget this. So, I kind of skipped the entire 16-bit era, except for one game. So Interesting. I, yeah, I was into wrestling throughout the, the, the entire 16-bit era. So, yeah, I remember Super WrestleMania. After that, I believe, was Royal Rumble, which was the oh, first. Royal Rumble, that's the one I owned. Yeah, that, that game was phenomenal. Which, um, you know, if, if you're not familiar with the concept, Royal Rumble is where it starts with two people in the ring, and every few minutes another person comes in. You don't know who's going to be who's going to come to the ring next, and you have to throw people over the top rope. Sounds like this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just that that concept. It's like so central to WWE. Like even nowadays, they still do it. Uh, but yeah, I, just being able to do that in a game for the first time was pretty awesome. And then there was uh, WWF Raw, uh, which was a little bit crazier. There were like 
So Doink the Clown, he had a move where he would like jump thirty feet up and like uh, land on you. Like it's called the Whoopee Cushion. He sits on you. Um, so it was like getting a little bit crazier. There was also Rage in the Cage for Sega CD, which had little video clips yes. of Man. of the finish moves when you like <laughs> clicked on the wrestler. Yeah, they were all pre- they all had the same engine more or less. So you could play Super WrestleMania or like the very last one, and they pretty much feel the same exact yeah. way. One thing I read about Super WrestleMania is that none of the characters had their special moves. They were, uh, it was no, all just they, uh, they were sort of just like I guess different looking characters, but they sort of fought the same way. Is that is that they, true? They, they all fought the same way, but they did have their own unique special okay. moves. Yeah. Um, Ric Flair had the figure four. Um, Crush was in it, and he had the I think he called it the Kona Crush or something, yeah. where he would basically take his hands uh, uh, and grab a, a opponent's head and then lift them up and drop them, <laughs> yeah. which was a ridiculous move. But he yeah. had that. Um, so they did have their their own special moves, but apart from that, every wrestler was the same. There wasn't really mm. any uh, differences between them. I think Yokozuna was added, and he was he was his, in Raw, yeah, yeah. His his character model was a little bit bigger, but apart from that, everyone looked the same. They had the same body type. Um, They're pretty much indistinguishable. However, the Genesis version had Papa Shango, yeah. so at the time I thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. And it also had Ultimate Warrior, I believe, and I was a humongous Ultimate Warrior fan. He was my favorite growing up as a kid, so to get to play as the Ultimate yeah. Warrior was yeah. exciting. <laughs> uh, some other, I, I will inevitably do this five more times throughout the show, but I did forget some other ones from the 8-Bit days. Like, um, like FCI Fuji made like a WCW game for NES. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember that start screen, but I cannot... <laughs> You would actually pick your moves um, for for the wrestlers, which I thought was very like an interesting concept of like, okay, I'm going to pick the move that I'm going to choose for this wrestler. Yeah. So. Uh, There's also, I believe, tag team pro wrestling from yes, Tecmo. That's correct. Uh, that seemed like it would be an alright game. I don't know if you guys played it, but is it the I, one with a play by play sort of? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. I played it, but I don't remember it. Yeah, the play by thing was like a nice little. Uh, hallmark of those techmo games they mm-hmm. did with the soccer game as well so, all right well then never mind let's go ahead and talk about uh some other 16-bit games there was uh i only know this because it was on virtual console recently and that is natsume championship wrestling mm-hmm. i mean i wish i had downloaded that before this i, I want to check that out just that it i love the concept that natsume just made up its own wrestling league. right no this is <laughs> natsume championship wrestling like the made up their own logo for the cover all that stuff yeah i, I like that <laughs> concept right yeah well, I, I think it's worth talking about during this time period of the 16-bit era, we had the, the arcade game. So there was, mm-hmm. um, there was a, I think it was called WWF Superstars. This yes. was made by Technos, the people uh-huh. who made Super Dodgeball, Reversity Ransom, etc. Like, that game, I remember going to a batting cage <laughs> uh, thing in Texas, and they had it in their arcade. And I was completely and utterly blown away by this game. The, the graphics yeah. at the time were amazing. The uh, best, yeah. <laughs> they had a little intro screen where um, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan was with uh, Andre the Giant yeah, and he yeah. would challenge people. And the graphics for that were, were, were so ahead of anything else in wrestling video games at the time that it blew me away. And Ultimate Warrior, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was in the game, Macho Man, Rainier Savage. And... As we all know, if you go back and play the River City Ransom games, they an- those characters animate super well. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, imagine these, uh, these wrestlers, like, moving so well, doing, uh, you know, actual wrestling moves that looked, you know, somewhat realistic. That game it was just so amazing to me. I-, I just could not believe it at the time. Yeah. I've seen it. I kind of it kind of has like an action figure aesthetic to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Technos did that with a lot of their games too, and yeah, it yeah. really shines through there. I think the action figure thing is the right way to go back then because you couldn't 
you could not get anything close to like sim style in it so you may as well just go way over the top and make them into superheroes mm-hmm. and another awesome thing about that is uh, in WWF Superstars they actually came to the ring in the mini rings yep. like they did oh. in Wrestlemania 3 which again <laughs> is another amazing addition to that game Like yeah. the, the amount of detail that they put into it it showed that they cared about the product they researched it and they were able to insert some of those elements into the game unlike say the LGN and uh, Acclaim games where they obviously really didn't really look at the license or like oh whatever Mm -hmm. we'll just throw some crap in there and hope they like it yeah it's kind of one of those weird ironic things and I'm sure we'll talk about this more it's just that the fact that the Japanese developers really seem to care and really really apparent attention to detail that nobody else really uh, did but yeah Superstars was followed by WrestleFest which is probably my favorite arcade game um Definitely my my favorite WWF arcade game, and one of my favorite arcade games of all time. I I played the shit out of the game. I adore it. Um, it's one of those games where, again, at the time, and to, to to take the graphics from WWF Superstars, and then the the jump from to WrestleFest was to me. Uh, it was kind of like when I, I remember the first time I saw the Dreamcast in a Babbage's in the mall. <laughs> I was just so amazed. I was watching Sonic. Um, what was the the first Sonic game? Adventure. Was. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like. What is this magic? I don't understand. Because I, I saw the Legion of Doom and how amazing they looked. And the characters were so big and bulky. And they animated so well. Perfect could do the perfect plex. Yep. And, you know, the fact that they had a real rumble mode in it. And there's tag team, there's like a tag team mechanic that you could tag your partner in. And it was amazing. Like, what did you guys think? Did you play it? Uh, I remember it. Uh, I, I played it some in arcade, definitely. And there, I think, isn't that the one where Mean Gene will, like, introduce the, exactly. the match beforehand? <laughs> and I've been seeing it a lot lately because there's this video podcast I like called Old School Wrestling Review. And they they use scenes from that over and over again, like, as, as regular moments. So, yeah, that, that one looks gorgeous still. I'd oh, say. my God. It's amazing. Yeah. And it never came to any console. And I think it, that's why it for the longest time it had the same place in my heart as the Simpsons arcade game where it's like mm. this yeah. thing was never on systems of course they just put out the Simpsons on Xbox Live Arcade a couple years ago but yeah both- and, then, and then now WrestleFest has like a kind of bad oh, iOS such a port. bad yeah. Yeah. so terrible oh no yeah, yeah. I- I remember I it, this was like in November I was at some event with, T, with THQ the November before that WrestleFest port came out they said like oh hey we are porting something but to keep this to yourself it's WrestleFest I was like oh really that one that all are you guys sure and then in theory no they weren't <laughs> in theory it should have worked because yeah. that game was really awesome but um, the, the problem was is that they it didn't really have it wasn't developed by the same people obviously mm-hmm. and the look of it it looks similar but it didn't the mechanics of it weren't the same yeah. and um, it was a good idea but in theory but didn't really work out too much yeah uh, some other arcade games there was three count bout for the Neo Geo from SNK mm-hmm. and uh, in my case it was like probably the only wrestling game I've played the most just mm. because you know you have a neo geo machine somewhere at the pizza parlor and that just becomes the thing you try out for a while exactly so, i mean <laughs> I, I i enjoyed it at the time and um i've gone back to it i don't know if it was uh it's hold it holds up but uh i mean that's another yeah. good arcade game yeah decent i suppose uh, um another arcade game that that springs to mind to me is uh, uh it's called the main event and oh, it, yeah. it was uh it was only on the market for uh, kind of a short period i think was it was that? made by konami yeah i think so yeah and uh, it got pulled off the market for one thing because the main event is trademarked by WWF. They <laughs> oh man! Saturday uh, Night's main yes. event. I see. But if you look at the roster in that game, it, it, they are basically clones of WWE wrestlers. Like mm-hmm. there's a there's like a guy who looks like King Kong Bundy except he has long red hair. 
There's a guy who looks just like Hulk Hogan, a guy who looks just like Coco Beware. So like, <laughs> I can see why this one got pulled. Like, of course, Fire Pro Wrestling, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. They pattern a lot of wrestlers after WWE wrestlers, but they do it in such a way that they can get away with it. Whereas yeah. this was so blatant that it was like, yeah, no wonder this thing got pulled from arcades. It's so hmm. much of a WWE clone. <laughs> uh, there was also Saturday Night Slam Masters from exactly. Capcom oh, yeah. in the arcade, Where, um, then you know, ported home. Was uh, was it Mayor Hagger? Is that was he a mayor, <laughs> or was he uh, just Mike Hagger in that one? I think he was just Mike Hagger. Yeah. I think you know he was taking uh, time off from from being a mayor. He's like, I want to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> no, I, that's how he started. Yeah, he's oh, like a real started, okay. Jesse Ventura figure, yep. right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you and then he went to eating uh, eating chickens on the street, <laughs> yes. yeah. telling people about the new world order, yeah. <laughs> the, the real one. That controls the world, not Paul Kogan. <laughs> right. So it all fits into the Final Fight canon. So but know. this wasn't really uh, wrestling per se. It was more just like a, mm. it's like a fighting I mean, game. Yeah, it felt like more like a one-on-one fighting game with maybe a little bit of wrestling stuff added, like a little dash of wrestling yeah. to You're it. You're not wrong. And you know, th- they made a sequel too called Ring of Destruction, and that was probably even more like a fighting game. Yeah, they it took was. out like the the. the it, it was basically like a flat 2D plane this time instead of just being able to walk around the ring. That's so right. <laughs> they made it even more like a fighting game that way. But um, really beautiful Capcom sprites in both games. Yeah. Uh, the art, like the promotional art, was done by Tetsuo Hara, who did Fist of the North Star. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's a match made in heaven, I'd say. <laughs> but yeah, Ring of Destruction was kind of a step back. But uh, they did port this to the home, and I guess, you know, it was good enough to do that. Um, and of course, uh, one more notable arcade game, WWF WrestleMania. Yeah. From Midway, yes, homegrown in the USA. <laughs> yes, this is the this is the era where Midway was like, you know what? Let's take real people and put them into a game. Yeah. It's high gonna... on the Mortal Kombat hog. Here. Yes, and uh, th- those games at the time, I will say, um, as a kid, and you're seeing these actual WWF superstars in the game in real life. It was pretty cool. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And hindsight. Those games were awful, and they even got more awful when they made the um, PS1 uh, Saturn uh, in your exclusives. House? Yes, yeah. in your right. house, where yeah. it got even more preposterous, yeah. where the backgrounds were, were tailored to each wrestler. So you had, like, Owen Hart's level, there was, like, all these, uh, like, card and heart, yep. and, you know, references and... Yeah, it just got completely and utterly ridiculous. It felt, it felt like Clay Fighter or something, you know. Yeah, just like <laughs> everything was a joke yeah. inside Although, the game. So I, I found um, I can't remember where on the internet, but um, maybe someone can post a link if they can find it. Sure. But they uh, there was somewhere where people had photos that they took um, of the um, the actual green screen with the wrestlers, hmm. and they're amazing. Uh, I don't know. It was someone who worked at Midway at the time, and I was hmm. looking at them, and uh, it's so fascinating to like look back and see like. Bret Hart and like the Undertaker just like hanging out in their ring gear against a green screen. So <laughs> yeah, it must have been like a, an amazing shoot and uh, to to produce that game, no doubt. Yeah, theoretically, bringing FMV into the wrestling games is a good idea because now they can cut promos before it. But yeah, yes, like the wrestler in most of them, the wrestlers' hearts just were not in it. <laughs> it was probably just like a weird thing to step into and just mm-hmm. like you know have to hold a pose in such a way and do this for like hours on on, the, on end probably. Yeah, that's probably what they were expecting. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really did have that touch of like uh, I think Dave was comparing it to NBA Jam yeah. earlier. It had like a touch of midway goofiness, and I swear if like Eugene Jarvis worked on this game, there would have been a Clinton joke in it somewhere because they <laughs> well, sure they sure love those. There was uh, Mark Mark Tumel and uh, Sal Devita, and they were big guys on NBA Jam as well. Mm. And that's why it's you know kind of disheartening to hear that it wasn't that great a game because you know they had done s- such great work before, especially with capturing like 
a real arcadey essence in these sports games, and you'd see that they kind of fall flat with WWF. Was yeah, it wasn't outright terrible. Like it's not what people were used to at the time. Like all these wrestling simulation games, and here's a game where mm. when you're the Undertaker, you can like throw tombstones at your opponent, like literal like to- <laughs> yeah. rock tombstones, or like yeah. when you're doink, you like shake their hand and they get electrified, and it's like. Uh, yeah, NBA Jam works with NBA, but this is not like because NBA Jam was actually. I mean, at, at its core, it is a basketball. Oh game. yeah, yeah. You know, you're passing mm-hmm. the ball, you're shooting, you're dunking, etc. Yeah, yeah. The craziest that gets is like I'm being on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then this WrestleMania game, it really instead of focusing on wrestling, it actually you know uh, went back to the the crappy WrestleMania game on the NES, yeah. <laughs> where you're kicking people and stuff are flying out of them, and it doesn't really resemble wrestling at all. Yeah. Even though um, uh, visually they, they, it looked the, the most authentic of any other game at the time, obviously, because they're using the, the real wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the, it, it really is just, you know, what, what you thought of games at the time. Like I said, as a kid, I thought it was really cool, but in hindsight, obviously, you look back on it, and it wasn't that good of a game. Well, you know a wrestling game is arcadey when pins are optional. Like, oh, the, one, yeah. the way you win a match is not, like, I don't think you pin in WrestleMania, or it automatically happens once you deplete their entire energy bar. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So do you think it was just, like, a case of just being too dependent on the colorful personalities and just sort of, like, compensating for that well it's what it's so the thing about that game is it came at an interesting time so this was around 94 95 yeah 95. that's when wrestling was starting to decline especially wwf it was the worst period for them they were actually close to going bankrupt hmm. so um and at the time they were going for a really kiddie product um they were having troubles because of the the steroid scandals at the time oh, yeah. So um, for, for, for the company itself, it was at a very interesting period. It was also at a period where these Midway games were very popular. Mm-hmm. So the NBA jams were doing really good, and the Mortal Kombat games were incredibly successful. And so on paper, if you, if you think about it as pitching this to the WWF, I mean, it sounds great. Okay, hey, yeah. you know, these NBA yeah. Jam games are, are making mad money. It's very kiddie. It's very kid-friendly. It's, re- it's very in line with what we're doing with the product. So I, I don't think it was a bad business decision at the time. It just happened to be at that place at that time. What what would have made the most sense um, given what they had? Yeah. All right. One more thing about this Midway game. I want to talk about the flyer, the arcade flyer. Oh. <laughs> most of us don't get to see this because we don't own arcades. But uh, it was uh, just a photo of Bret Hart trying to give the cabinet a Russian leg sweep. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've One seen of it. the five moves of doom. You yeah. follow that up with the elbow. <laughs> Seems to be having trouble with it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, of course, there's also the tagline. It's got brawls. Do you oh, get it? Good. I'm glad. It huh. It's oh. got. Ton of- <laughs> I, that's not very TVPG. No. 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 <laughs> it's not. Okay. That would have been awesome if the the final boss in this game was the actual arcade cabinet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Midway uh, was not above using arcade cabinets as weapons. As that's true. Sure. Too. <laughs> nice. Starting to get a bit existential there. I think. <laughs> talk about fire pro wrestling yes this started on the pc engine of all places it was kind of a modest game back then i mean it had a lot of the seeds of what would uh, what it would become but i think once it moved into like the super nes 
that's yes. when it started to be a big deal. Now, so, I want to say, uh, I think it was immediately attractive for having just a bunch of wrestlers that resembled all the famous ones from basically around the world, but, but with different names. It's mm-hmm. like they're GTA cars, but wrestlers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, after that, it was very, very detailed, like create a wrestler modes as well. Yes. And that just, you know, you could just build it out however you wanted and just make this whole army of any wrestler you wanted. And uh, I think that's really how it all started. So, I, have a qu- I have a question first. Yeah, uh, right. Do we know, like, what the effect of WWF or WWE was on Japan? Like, if they had access oh. to it? I mean, I'm sure they have their own wrestling, but... Well, yeah, I, I was going to... I had this whole thing planned out i was gonna say so maybe oh, we'll start now but go yeah, for just it. that i think japan uh, wrestling is really popular in in america and the uk and japan and they love american wrestlers there like or if if you're some american wrestlers like terry funk ted dibiase hulk hogan was a major star in japan before he was even in america oh that's right yeah and so like they they like it just as much as us i'd say or at least they have as many dedicated fans so and I think, as you can tell from the games that have been that we talked about, that were the better ones, at least that actually like captured the essence of wrestling. Those were Japanese developed almost always. Like, like they had more of an eye for detail of what would make what would translate wrestling better into it hmm. into a game. So, yeah. and, and Fire Pro just kind of continued that. In terms of Fire Pro, I think um, you know, looking at the history of the series, the one that really was the most um, that the, the one that, the one game that everyone looked to, and the one that inspired um, the series to move forward and actually inspired wrestling developers was Super Fire Pro Wrestling X Premium which came out on the Super Famicom Mm -hmm. and what was significant about this game was the creator wrestler mode in this game was so unique at the time I mean you've got to think back this is you know the Super Nintendo days and the ability to make a wrestler give them any assign them any move you can sign their taunts you can sign uh, you know their entrance music you can sign their voices that was something that was unprecedented for a wrestling game and it allowed people to make any wrestler they wanted that wasn't actually in the game. Hmm. And for me, uh, the first game I played was Six Man Scramble. I don't know if I actually have to check to see if I'm actually um, uh, pronouncing that correctly. But that was on the, the Sega Saturn. And fun fact, I actually imported a Japanese Sega Saturn just to play this game. <laughs> wow. That's devotion. Yeah. <laughs> because I heard about this game on the internet. I, I like watched videos. And... In this game, um, at the time, I don't believe there was any other game that allowed you to do six, three versus three uh, matches, so six-man uh, yeah, tag team matches. Oh. And what was amazing is they actually had uh, triple team moves. So, and they had various wow. triple team moves, like where you can take uh, two guys, would uh, pick up a guy, kind of like the triple team power bomb that the Shield does on current WWE television. And this game was amazing i i bought it uh bought my japanese saturn i bought the game and i played with my friends i got my friends to import sega saturn so they could play (laughs) and what was amazing about this game was they had a incredibly hardcore community so there was websites where they would take any any wrestler in the world whether it's wwe wcw ecw all japan new japan uh, mexico it didn't matter and they had templates and they created a actual template where they would tell you how to create all of these wrestlers. And oh, I, would, nice. I would print these out, <laughs> and then I would I would make all these different wrestlers. And I I did I spoke I speak no Japanese. I can't mm-hmm. read Japanese. This whole game is in Japanese, <laughs> but I was able to understand how to play it by looking at these templated guides for for making these wrestlers. And what was so insane about this creator wrestler was you can actually tweak the AI as well. So if you wanted to create a, if you wanted to create a simulation where you put two wrestlers in the ring and just watch them wrestle, you could do that. You could tweak their mm. AI. 
I never did because it was insane. I didn't want to spend time doing that. But you could. And what they did was, like you are talking about earlier, every single uh, popular wrestler was in this game, but they were under different names. And their actual their default look was never anything like their actual uh, wrestling look. Mm-hmm. But So you had six different options for what they looked like. It was like uh, on the Sega Saturn, I believe, what the top buttons were, X, Y, I can't remember. Yeah, X, Y, Z. X, Y, Z, and then A, B, C. Every single wrestler, if you press the C button, that was their actual American look. Oh. <laughs> yes. So if you wanted to know who was who, you go on there and you press the C and you're like, oh, okay, that's Hulk Hogan, that's Shawn Michaels. The C was for copyright, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I got it. Because there were some guys, because um, like Hulk Hogan, um, I believe in Six Man Scramble, I don't think he actually had like the classic you know, mustache look. But if you if you if you press a C and then you're like he'll he'll be wearing the, the red and yellow and you're like oh that's obviously Hulk Hogan or that's Shawn Michaels <laughs> that's the Undertaker, and the the actual uh, the way that the game was played was a little bit different than any other games. It was it was based on uh, a timing system. So you walk into your opponent and you actually uh, lock into a grapple, and at the same at the exact second that you lock into a grapple, that's when you perform your moves. What was interesting about Fire Pro Wrestling was, unlike any other wrestling game, you can go in there and just start doing special moves or the most powerful moves. But obviously, that's not realistic. So what was interesting about this game was that you actually had to work up to your stronger moves. Because you had your A moves, which were like your basic starting moves, like you know, like a slap or a hip toss or a snapmare. Then you had your B moves, which are a little bit stronger, so maybe like a suplex or a DDT. And then your C move, which are like your finishing moves. Those are like your power bombs, your pile drivers, your German suplexes. And so what I liked about this game was it felt like a real wrestling match. Like I would go in there, I would have to work over my opponent. I would have to get to a point where I could do my finisher. And if you do your finisher, you have a better chance of winning. And what was awesome about this game is you can sign one move, a critical move. And so what happens is, this is like the best part of the game. If you do your finisher uh, and you hit your critical, a big critical would appear on the screen and that character would lay there like they're dead. (laughs) They had this like dead animation and the match would immediately end. It was so awesome. And like when we're playing with our friends, we would always try to uh, critical each other. And so what we like to do is I like to play this uh, character named uh, Mitsusuro Masawa, I believe is his name. Sure. He's a famous... uh, uh, great yeah he was in, he was an all japan wrestler one of the all-time greats uh you know one of the best wrestlers ever and he had a critical move on these series of elbows that are forearms that he would lay into somebody and i would just basically use that move over and over again just because i would always get a critical <laughs> and my friends would hate me but another great thing about this was you can hook up these the um the multi-tap so you can actually play six people in a room and oh, yeah. so we would play this along with saturn Barman, obviously yeah what was great is that um, so people would be in the ring, and my one friend, my one friend, I think it was either Lee or Steve, I can't remember which, he would actually move out into the corner of the screen, so that way no one would see him, and so we would all be wrestling each other, and he'd be standing out there, and then he would come back, and then he would like kill us all because he was like resting the whole time. Great, great. Would, would he mime like he was actually fighting and getting frustrated, or no, I mean, no, no? He would just he would just hide there. And t- it's kind of like in the Royal Rumble when you watch that pay per view, yeah. where like one guy will sit in the corner and like hide for a little bit. So, because like no one notices him, I think he'll come back at the end. But yeah, he did that, and uh, yeah, so that that game was very influential. So, so every creator wrestler from from that point on 
came from Fire Pro Wrestling. Hmm. You can yeah. see a lot of the qualities that Aki Games had later in Fire Pro Wrestling. Like I think they definitely got some inspiration from Oh yeah. Those. I I didn't play Fire Pro until just kind of by accident. I hadn't even heard of it until the the Game Boy Advance launched and I had yes. to, I had yes. to buy a GBA bundle at at EB to get my <laughs> yeah. Glacier Game Boy Advance. <laughs> oh wow. So I was like, well, I like wrestling, I guess. Fire Pro Wrestling, whatever that is. And then when oh, I started yeah. up, I was like, whoa, this this has everybody. Like, this guy, I forget the fake name they had for Steve Austin, but I was like, he, he, like you said, they didn't look <laughs> exactly like them. But once I started wrestling, I was like, that's the Luth, that's the Thez Press. This this yes. guy's Austin. This guy's Taker. And, yeah. and I, I did really get into it then. I I didn't play much of the other ones except for the uh, the god awful uh, three sixty game. Oh yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, abomination. Yeah. yeah, as far as I know, there was only three Fire Pro games that came out in the U.S. The GBA launch game. There was one on PS2, and then this semi. No, the so the, I think there was Pro. two. There I was. Think there were two for think, GBA. Yeah, right? two for GBA, oh. and then they released uh, Fire Pro Wrestling Returns on the PS2. Which, yeah. uh, by the way, if if anyone listening, um, I think you really like that, right? Yes, I gave that a 10 uh, on 1UP, <laughs> and a lot of people at the time actually uh, gave me crap for that, because they're mm-hmm. like, why are you giving this a 10? You but did call it the best wrestling game ever made, right at the top of that review. It is, it is the, in my opinion, it's one of the best wrestling games ever made. Yeah. The thing about that game that I think people need to realize is, that game was like $20 when mm-hmm. it was released. Yeah. yeah. And the value proposition for getting that game for $20 is insane. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. game was like 60 bucks. I don't know, maybe it wouldn't be a 10 but for $20, and I went back and played it before I came here, and it's every bit as awesome <laughs> to the point where I'm like, i got to go back and play this some more. It's so good. It's so, so good. And and it has a ton of uh, wrestling moves in that game. And mm-hmm. what was interesting is that about the Fire Pro series is that they had the six-man scramble on uh, Sega Saturn. They released one on the PS1, which I got. And then they had a Dreamcast version, which, again, was amazing because yeah. the sprites were so big in that game. Because oh, sure. they had the ability on the Dreamcast to to make these uh, humongous sprites. But what's interesting about the Dreamcast version was completely ahead of its time. You can actually download new moves off wow. the internet. Hmm, yeah. Which if you think about, I mean, this is what, like 99, right? Right, the yeah, I mean, sure. The, the idea of downloading like new moves, I mean, this is so unprecedented. And even in um, the current uh, uh, WWE games from uh, now 2K... I don't think you can download moves. You can download DLC packs. Yeah, there is it. Well, I do know that their most recent DLC pack was like it said it was a move. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they thing, did do. Okay. It's pretty. It's it's pretty rare. I think they but they bundled it with you get Fandango and Biggie Langston and then also a move set. But okay. So I mean, let's think about it like this, right? If that's not the first time they're doing moves, this is 2013. This was like 1999. <laughs> the fact that these guys were were allowing you to download moves, which was it's just insane. And mm-hmm. and Fire Pro Wrestling series was just completely ahead of its time in terms of coming up with new ideas, coming up with new ways to actually play the game. And they actually had a story mode in Six Six Man Scramble where you would actually go through to get a championship. And when I actually finished that. I felt completely proud of myself because it's really, really hard. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I highly recommend everyone at least check it out because yeah. um, it's definitely like one of the better games out there. It is uh, right now on PSN. You can download it for your PS3. Um, oh, I ten dollars! Yeah. Nice. Wow. wow. Yes. At ten dollars, it's eleven. Yeah. I don't That's know. If, I don't know if the I don't know if there's any problems with the emulation or anything, but it is available. Anybody can get it right now if they want. Mm. The, the, I will say the one thing that never clicked with me with Fire Pro is like. My maybe it's just my fault that my brain doesn't work, but the diagonal view, isometric, of the ring, yeah. the isometric ring, 
just to you, you want to throw somebody forward to do an Irish whip. You don't want to send him diagonal. I don't know. It <laughs> yeah, you know, work in my brain. I, I can understand that. Um, it's a little bit different, um, but I got used to it. And uh, sorry, there's a million things to talk about fire, but I want to yeah, go back. What, one <laughs> one thing. Uh, the thing about Six Man Scramble again, which was amazing at the time, was they had a barbed wire death match. So, oh, wow. so, so yeah, so this is like one of the first games that that allowed you to play a mode where the ring will explode huh. at a time that you choose. And it was also barbed wire, and so characters would bleed. <laughs> I know, this, is, wow. this sounds insane. It's an actual match they do in Japan. And so, yeah, in, yeah, Japan, match. in Japan, yeah, this, this company called FMW, which is uh, <laughs> run by a guy named Onita, they were very famous for their, their, their gimmick matches. So they had um, you know these barbed wire uh, exploding death matches, which are completely crazy. Uh, they also had like piranha death matches, which I've actually seen, which are it's just ridiculous. But the fact that this, this was in a game, and they also again, this is completely ahead of its time. They had an octagon match in Six. Oh Man's yeah, Cowboy. yeah. So it was like you're playing a UFC match, and this was this was years before UFC became popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it's crazy when you think about it. And they actually have a bunch of MMA guys in there. So they had like Dan Severin, uh, like the Shamrocks, and a couple of other guys that I can't think of off the top of my head. So this was like a huge selling point for me. The fact that I could play these these matches and these modes in this game. And I mean, if you think about what was there around the time that this was created, I don't think this may have been when WCW versus NWO was yeah. out. So it didn't have the same level of uh, customability, the same the same amount of modes. So uh, completely ahead of its time. Well, that's why I invited you on. Wow, <laughs> all of that right there. Uh, so yeah, Fire Pro is pretty great. Um, I wanted to mention, you know, maybe if you're like me, maybe not so much into wrestling games. You may have also heard that like uh, Goichi Suda worked on a Fire Pro game, Suda Fifty One. He did uh, at least a scenario for Super Fire Pro Wrestling Three uh, or Three Special, whatever one. Um, yeah, he basically wrote this story mode for this uh, wrestler, and it gets kind of dark. Like, it apparently ends in a suicide and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm not up on all the details, because I can't read Japanese that well either, but he, of course, is a huge wrestling fan himself. Yeah, and God, yes. Yeah, I've interviewed him before, and we talked about that in Fire Pro, and, you know, he loved WrestleFest as well, for sure. Yeah, and, and there's wrestling stuff in all of his games. Yeah. I, yeah. I haven't played Killer is Dead, but I'm sure there's something in there. Yeah, I think so. I, I would always play them to watch for uh, like somebody doing a power bomb or something. Mm. Someone like it, 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 sneaking in wrestling moves were was always. I can't remember anything specifically in Killer Is Dead, but uh, other than just like the pronounced personalities of characters, yeah. and they basically say a promo before you fight them. Okay, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, both uh, wrestling and killer is dead objectify women a lot that's true yeah. that's true yeah. <laughs> uh, we know that flower sun and rain and killer seven both have like luchador characters and, mm-hmm. so. i'm sure he has a lot of those masks mm. <laughs> but that actually was kind of controversial i guess uh, that whole thing with that fire pro story mode i mean because you know virtually other uh, virtually every other wrestling game is about the glory and putting on the same show as would be on tv and stuff yeah. so and they don't really ever pay mind to the wrestlers lives outside the ring you know so, yeah, well, does, I, I mean, it was part of the attitude era to even admit these characters are people who exist outside and who would be sad <laughs> that they would lose their job or something like that. So until then, they they were just they live in the ring and they only exist there. They're just this guy's always crush and or doink like they don't go home. They don't have lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Uh, I'm just thinking of Doink's home life right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, one of the... the two uh, Doinks living together. Yeah, there was actually multiple Doinks that, that yes. play Doink, and uh, sadly, one of them, uh, Matt Bourne, I believe his name was, yep. he passed away recently, mm-hmm. so... Uh, this could so. get into a very depressing podcast. We just named every, like, half yeah. the rest of the <laughs> I know, like, yes. That guy's dead. That yes, guy's it's, it, is, it is very sad, <laughs> unfortunately. But, um... A lot of the Japanese guys are, uh, you know, still alive and well, and uh, you know, there there are some great guys out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they're immortalized in these games. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. into like the 3d era you know the 32-bit 64-bit stuff um i think that's when you know we had the 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 onset of the attitude era for wwf and wcw was kind of reaching their peak as well i kind of want to preface this right that's okay like uh i'll ask you guys um i mean i just like with something about wcw i'm just curious like what is it because even as a casual wrestling fan who had fan, uh, friends who watched uh, WWF, I, I didn't know what WCW was. It just looked like the, the cheaper alternative, and I'm not sure why anyone would watch it. I was like, there's a guy that looks like the Crow, yeah, uh, if, I guess, and Ric Flair showed up there. And If WWF is Nintendo, then I'd say WCW was Sega, okay. especially in that they both kind of died in the early 2000s, sort of. But I, it was... WCW was a southern. It's it was southern based, and I I grew up in uh, Marietta, Georgia, which is also where Cody Rhodes is apparently billed is from. But anyway, it was in Atlanta was where it was based, and so I saw a lot of WCW shows growing up, and it it was definitely more. It wasn't. It was more southern in style, and it also just kept chasing after WWF to be the next one. But in '96, right around when N64 was launching, the NWO was created, and that became like their huge franchise and everybody was wearing NWO shirts and Hulk Hogan turned yes. into a bad guy <laughs> and then Sting became a morose crow ripoff who <laughs> lived in the rafters and would yes. just kind of stare at Hogan during every weekly show. Like, yes. so. yeah, it so reminds it, me of like Juggalos or something. <laughs> yes. Same sort of aesthetic. It's not a totally different. Yeah. And yeah. Juggalos do have their own wrestling organization. Oh, oh god. Uh, JCW. They are the fucking... I, I, I want to talk with the <laughs> Juggalo story. That I, there was this... Uh, we talked about the Exploding Ring Deathmatch and one of the most famous ones was Mick Foley uh, as Cactus Jack yes, versus Terry yes. Funk. I really wanted to see that. This was this was back when you had to watch things on VHS kids. But <laughs> I I found it, but it was it was imported by the insane clown posse who mm-hmm. they are huge wrestling fans. So they imported, they put out it on tape, but to make it a juggalo production, they announced the whole match and it's so it's the two of them just talking over this amazing match and then they're like man it must have really hurt his balls ha 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 yes they call awful him, they call him cactus sack that's right cactus sack yes yeah. oh so bad so just to give you a little history on wcw it was actually uh started out as nwa um jim crockett promotions and then uh, Ted Turner, who obviously owns uh, uh, CNN and other stuff, he bought the company mm-hmm. in the early 90s. And they went through a lot of different booking uh, bookers. Bookers are, 
are the people who put together the matches. And so we had a bunch of people. At one point in time, they had a booker that um, uh, banned people who threw uh, anyone over the top rope. So if you threw <laughs> anyone over the top rope, it was a disqualification. <laughs> but I'm sure it was that. very old school. Yes, it was very old school. And obviously that didn't go over too well. And so they, they got rid of him. He, he obviously wasn't uh, very forward thinking. It was like 1940s rules. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so they, um, they, they were always trying to catch up to WWF. Um, and they, they, what happened was in the uh, mid-90s, uh, Cole Kogan uh, left WWF. And he went to WCW, and he brought along with him Macho Man Randy Savage, Gene Okerlund, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, a, a mm. few other uh, old WWF guys. And he was trying to revitalize WWF. They, unfortunately, uh, with Hulk Hogan, um, people were getting started sick of the Hulkamania character. It was a little played out. And that's when the idea for him to turn heel, heel meaning a bad guy, <laughs> at Bassett Beach uh, is when he turned with NWO, and that what skyrockets them into uh, allowing them to become one of the biggest promotions in the world, and at one point, surrpassing WWF. Yeah. three weeks straight, they beat Raw. Yeah, in, the, yeah. in the Monday Night Wars, so Monday Nitro versus uh, Monday Night Raw. And I wanted to bring, give you that history because... Um, the first uh, Nintendo 64 wrestling game, which became uh, pr- pretty much the, the wrestling game that people uh, are, are in our group yeah. look at as the one of the best wrestling games ever, was WCW versus NWO Revenge. That game obviously was made by Aki, mm-hmm. and it, it, it kind of kick-started the, the um, wrestling game phenomenon, I would say. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, totally. Because after that game came out, wrestling games went from being something that was a little niche. Like, all the games we talked about previously... Yeah, we played them. They were okay, but they weren't really something that people really gravitated towards. But with the boom of the, uh, the NWO era, with the, with the the Monday Night Wars, and with this particular game, this is the point where like publishers and developers really were like, "Holy shit, wrestling games! They can actually be something." Yeah, yeah. It was THQ is the publisher of those those first WCW games, and you talk about playing with your friends. And that was totally how I got back into wrestling was from is uh, WCW versus NWO World Tour. That was the first one and it was my, uh, my Oh, for PS1? Uh, no, for the N64. Oh, that's right. But, that's right. Um, but it was my 15th birthday party in 1997 in September. No, it was my 16th birthday party, 1998. Anyway, like we were just going to stay up all night playing some games and then one friend who was into wrestling was like, no, guys, check this out. And he put in this, uh, he put in World Tour, and I was like, oh, Hulk Hogan, I remember that guy, Macho Man, Ric Flair, all these dudes. And then, like, just the wrestling was just so smart. Like, the gameplay just worked so well that we could not, we stayed up all night playing just that game. Like, we had rented tons of other games to to play, but we just couldn't stop. And and then that group of my friends, like, I think Revenge came out, like, a few months afterwards. and, Mm -hmm. And my friends we got into it so much we're just like we would say oh i'm i'm the uh, world champion with goldberg i'm the champion with big show let's or the giant yeah let's let's have a match for that and we would like keep trading belts in our in our own made-up league we we got so addicted to it (laughs) yeah people associate goldeneye with uh 64 multiplayer but i really just remember a lot of wrestling games and i I, I wasn't a fan of wrestling at the time uh but i had friends that were and i and i still love the games even though i didn't really care about the characters Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that's a testament to how good the gameplay was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you didn't necessarily have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy these games. The, the gameplay was actually super, super simple. I mean, you had a, a weak grapple and a strong grapple. And so what that meant was if you did a weak grapple and you connected, you can do a series of weak moves. 
And if you hold down the button longer for a strong grapple, you were allowed to do a little bit stronger moves. And obviously you had a block as well that could allow you to, um, you know, block moves and do reversals. So the gameplay, incredibly simple. But what I thought they did so well, and I think one of the reasons why people really uh, connected with this game was that the animations were were, were done in such a way that they, they really felt like you felt that impact. And uh, one of the best things I loved about the game was um, similar to the critical in Fire Pro, but if you do a clothesline or a hard impact move on some people, you can actually knock them out, and they would show that uh, that knockout animation yeah, in slow motion, they, they, so you could mm. see them like falling <laughs> down, and like yeah. you really felt the impact of these wrestling moves. And it was like one of the first times when I was playing, and I'm like, holy shit! When I power bomb somebody, I really feel like I'm just like totally destroying this yeah. person. Yeah, and just the blood, the, they would bleed too oh, in that yes, game. Yeah, the and blood, yeah. I remember the bleed animation, like if you hit them and it was to create something uh, to make their face bleed, you'd hear a different sound effect from the hit. Yeah. And like their their face would become a red face, and then they would like hold out their hand and look at it like, I'm, I'm bleeding, what? <laughs> yes. And then fall down. Like, yeah. Those were great. It was. It had so many great little touches. Like Aki was very observant of of wrestling. Like they they put in yeah. so many well defined things. I think um, those games were uh, started with virtual pro wrestling mm-hmm. in in Japan. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Let's just make this the official Aki sidebar. Yeah. Uh, why not? Because so yeah, they were very lauded. And yeah, like you said, they started with virtual pro wrestling on PS one, and then they sort of took that engine and then adapted it into like the first uh, WCW game for THQ, I believe. Yeah. And well, they actually made two virtual pro wrestlings for the Nintendo 64. Mm -hmm. And uh, those games were amazing too, but they they actually had uh, more moves and uh, they actually had licensed guys too, Mm -hmm. which I thought was very interesting. So a lot of the new Japan, all Japan guys were in virtual pro wrestling. It was like a super mashup. They had new Japan, all Japan, FMW, and then smaller leagues, and plus a bunch of like famous American legends were in it too. Yeah. And what I also liked in in later games when they had the creator wrestler, I noticed that they did not bother to take out most of the faces. So like, oh no, I, of course not. You just uh, <laughs> if you wanted to make the Kenta, it'd be e Kenta Kobayashi. There's his face. Like you just looked up online. Yeah, face number forty three. That's that's him. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to say that's him, but that's obviously yeah. him. Yeah, and I it's the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing with Fire Pro Wrestling as well. Um, part of the the appeal of that game was they actually had taunts and moves and faces and actual ring gear of wrestlers that they actually didn't create in the game. And the reason why is because they left it for the fans to actually go out there and create them themselves. And this is something that uh, even the modern wrestling games do as well, is that they they leave you... They they basically... They're not going to tell you, hey, create this wrestler, but they're leaving you the tools to do it yourself. Yeah, I, I remember in the... I think it was in the uh, WrestleMania 2000 when I was making wrestlers and I was playing around with the creator wrestler for the first time. I, I went to the taunt section. I saw, that's that's Macho Man's finger wave in the air. That's DDP calling for the diamond cutter. Yeah. Like, those, those moves are in there, which I feel like... Now someone would have sued them over that. Yeah. They could just sneak yeah. in back then. Well, like in, in the NBA Live games in the 90s, I did play those. Uh, and there was no Michael Jordan, but there was a bald guy yeah. you could rename <laughs> into Michael Jordan. Sure. So it really didn't matter that they weren't paying him millions yeah. of dollars. Yeah, and I, he probably had like the, the, the famous dunking animation yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, He's and, whoever you want him to be, kids. And just like Fire Pro, it also... It, 
it had so many different variations on the move. I think there were like seven or eight different power bombs. Yeah. It's like, and just the regular lift up power bomb, throw down, and yeah. then Kevin Nash's style of power bomb, Vader's style of power bomb, the sit down power bomb, yeah. a running sit down power bomb. Like, <laughs> just in that, yeah. just in that variation. And they even had, uh, like, the DDP, his thing was his finisher, Diamond Dallas Page, his finisher was the Diamond Cutter, and it was, it could come from anywhere. That's how they sold it. They made it so that move could be done. Off the irregular, off the top rope, yep. uh, from an Irish whip, like it was one that mm. could come from anywhere. Yeah. So, uh, can we articulate anything else about what made Aki's game so great? I mean, certainly we already said that you know you didn't really have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy them or mm. anything like that. But uh, was it just like the variety of moves that really drew you, or was it just like the general feel? I mean. Can yeah. you say anything else about that? I mean, what really made them so much better than what the other guys are making? Well, this isn't what made the games great, but what I think uh, really widened the appeal is that this is the one time that one company had really it appealed to both sides of the aisle. So for the first half of the N64 generation, they were WCW games in this style, and then uh, THQ took the WWE license halfway through the generation, and they made WrestleMania 2000 and yeah. No Mercy uh, so no matter which wrestling league you liked, there was basically the best wrestling game yeah. for both for both promotions, which yeah. is kind of unique. And yeah. I think what makes these games so good is you look you have to look at the competition at the time. <laughs> so at the time that WCW versus NWO Revenge was released, WWF was working with I believe it was Acclaim, yeah. and they released WWF Warzone. And this game is one of the, the worst <laughs> games it is I've so ever played. However, however, I recommend everybody listening to this, even if you don't like wrestling, although I don't know why you'd be listening to this. (laughs) You made it pretty far. (laughs) Yes, to go to YouTube and to watch the promos that the wrestlers did before um, for the like the the little intros before you pick a wrestler, they are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Especially Ahmed Johnson. So if you want to do something <laughs> funny, go to YouTube, search Ahmed Johnson's WWF Warzone promos, and try to understand what the hell he is saying. <laughs> they are amazing. They're they're so so funny. So I, I highly recommend watching those. But I think again, like when you look at the competition and play those games, and they they're just so completely awful, yeah. and it's such a disappointment. And then to go play these just amazingly well crafted, well designed a key games, mm-hmm. and then you, it's so easy to see why they were they were done so well. Yeah, yeah. I, I also I think another big great part about it was that it had it it captured the internal logic of a wrestling match like it was exactly you you had a much better chance of getting off a light attack than or a light a light attack or a light grapple than a hard grapple later on like you could try to get your a level power bomb on him but the computer will probably just reverse you if you try early on in the match and it was the same with like if you wanted to do say a moonsault into a pin you had to get the guy lined up the right way you'd have to do it in a real match to get the pin on him and uh the submission system especially like got it right like you had to work on someone's limb exactly you, or either leg or arms and if you were say playing as sting who had the scorpion death lock you know you had to work on this guy's legs 
uh, up until that point to pull off the Deathlock and to get that awesome submission. That was, and I think that came from they had a lot of MMA fighters in that game in the in the Japanese version in the Pride. Mm-hmm. They had guys from Pride Fighting Championship League, which uh, at the time UFC was like they were putting on shows, but they were outlawed in most states. UFC was nothing like what it is now, and not unlike when uh, after the great video game crash. In Japan, Ultimate Fighting or MMA was huge. Like it had come back and been reborn in Japan as Pride Fighting, and so Pride dudes were in the virtual pro wrestling, and their moves came over into the WrestleMania games. Yes, and it had just you know a regular like a uh, rear naked choke or the leg locks, all these moves that you wouldn't even see in pro wrestling that were in it yeah. because of the of MMA. And that's to be honest, I, I think that's all. Because of Fire Pro's influence, because everything mm. you just described was in Fire Pro, all the MMA moves like the Octagon, so stuff like that. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those developers looked at that and realized, mm-hmm. like, okay, instead of just letting people go out there and and do these moves, why don't we create a game where it feels like you're actually going through an actual wrestle ma- uh, wrestling match? And what was cool about, I believe, um, it was like this in Fire Pro, and I believe it was like this in the the Aki games as well, is that if you had a a big wrestler like um like a big show mm-hmm. or uh, a wrestler that's very very heavy and you tried to body sl- like if you take Rey Mysterio who is a very small <laughs> yeah. uh, Mexican wrestler and tried to body slam like the big show he's not going to be able to do it cuz he's too large and i think uh, I-, I could be wrong in this but i think they actually developed that into the game so uh, which makes it more realistic cuz obviously yeah. you know if you see there's no way Rey Mysterio is going to body slam the big show <laughs> one so thing um, in the WWF Superstars game for the NES that I forgot to mention. I think Hulk Hogan is the only guy who can body slam Andre the Giant, which is like <laughs> wasn't that like some big thing in 1984 I bet that WrestleMania? Was in his contract that he said like <laughs> only I get to body slam him. But yeah. yeah, it was at WrestleMania three eighty eight. Was it WrestleMania eighty seven? Eighty seven. It ended with him body slamming exactly. Andre. That was the biggest yeah. moment uh, in wrestling, and one he's tried to redo with pretty much every other super heavyweight he ever wrestled. <laughs> yeah, I think he once described Hulk Hogan's g- career before NWO was him basically just body slamming consecutive <laughs> giant men. Yes. <laughs> it was King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant, Earthquake. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yokozuna. Yeah, they, they basically, they, they had a formula. Yep. Take mm-hmm. huge guy, put him against Hogan, Hogan wins. Mm-hmm. And it, but, uh, the WWF games, I think it was with WrestleMania 2000 was the first one for Aki that had uh, the super heavyweight class in it. That, yeah. Like with Rikishi. Before that, I would... I would mess with a friend who would pick the giant, and I would play as Ray and body slam and be like, "Look at that!" <laughs> okay, so, and, so it's, they added it later. Okay, yeah, I I also it had something that made it kind of unbalanced gameplay wise, but that I liked was that main eventers were better than mid carters. Like if you played as Goldberg, his spear was going to murder most characters. Like in that he should be able to beat Disco Inferno, like, but <laughs> I, the, well, I, mean, I like they put that in there. You know, and, and if you think about that, it actually makes a lot of sense because um, if you play any sports games, you know, like a Madden or NFL, that, that's the same thing. I'm bad at sports. <laughs> or uh, hockey or basketball. For me, like, you know, I'm from Texas, so I would always like, whenever we played NBA Jam, I would look at the Dallas Mavericks team and they had the <laughs> shittiest stats ever. So I always played as like Chicago Bulls or because they were like, the popular team at the time but i mean it totally makes sense and these stats carry over to what we'll be talking about in a little bit which is the modern wrestling games to the point where um there are actually uh modern day wrestlers who get upset 
because their <laughs> yeah. stats are not very high in the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you think about that, I mean, it makes sense, obviously, because, you know, if you have a John Cena or a Hulk Hogan who are like your top stars, they should, like you said, be able to beat any of the mid carters. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it does make sense, but I can I can definitely see how some people can get upset by that. Though it was really in, in revenge, they had... There was Akima, oh, Akima yeah. yes, in the game, yes. who he was too overpowered. Like they made him totally OP. He's awesome. And then he had this finisher that his finisher was just to punch you until you gave up. And <laughs> I feel like you could do that two times to anyone and they would lose. Like, yep. It was. I told my friend like that was one of the outlawed ones. Like <laughs> you cannot be Akima in this ten man battle OP. royale. <laughs> yeah. Here's a little more about uh, Aki's history. After that uh, THQ and uh, stuff all worked out, they they went on to make those uh, Ultimate Muscle games, the Kinyu Command games, which we mentioned, and mm-hmm. those are also good as well. And then uh, their last fighting-ish game was like a Ready to Rumble reboot on Wii uh, boxing. Boy. No, no, uh, they, they also uh, they also yeah. developed the uh, the Def Jam game for those EA. Really yes, good. no, I, yeah. Oh yeah, that was done. Right, they were. This good. was after that, yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, I, I mixed up my own chronology, but yes, <laughs> they did make the Def Jam games, the first Which uh, I, two. Yeah. yeah, and I, I did play them, and they they were pretty fun right. games, obviously. But considering my my knowledge of hip hop. And uh, rap is yeah. very low. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard to get into those games, but uh, if you look at them from a gameplay perspective, similar to what I was saying earlier, that if you don't like wrestling, you could play these games. They they were well designed games. It's yeah. just a shame that they um, that they kind of left the wrestling realm for these more licensed titles. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I saw Aki was making it, I, I made it a point. I definitely made sure to pick it up. the The first one, Vendetta, was the first one, wasn't it? That it mm-hmm. it was. It played the same, except it was just a fighting game. Like you were fighting this guy, and then you were supposed to pin them at the end. Even like they couldn't, they couldn't remove that from their gameplay engine yeah. at the time. So you just had to beat someone until their life meter was gone, and then pin them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, then they went on to make that Ready to Rumble thing, and then they apparently, according to Wikipedia, they transformed into Sin Sophia. Who are now the developers of Style Savvy? Ooh, yes, <laughs> yes. And DS and 3DS. Go with the natural progression. Some other games with pretty in it. Um, but apparently, they also developed the uh, Yakuza spinoff for PSP. Huh. Kuro Hyo or whatever. That it is. makes sense. And that I, has that it was apparently notable for its fighting engine within it. And so. I know that Yakuza games usually have like they have wrestling moves in them. Yeah, like true. You power bomb and pile drive people and stuff, yep. and I will also say that Aki, I, I liked it as a wrestling nerd. Their games because though they had the look of what was popular in America, like it had a Japanese style soul, and, and I really like Japanese style wrestling. It's like it's harder hits, it makes more sense with submissions, like it's more submission based, and it's it's not about like silly moves like the worm and and the yeah. people's elbow. Like it's about trying to look as real as possible and right. being and and that's why they're some of the most popular americans in in japanese pro wrestling are guys who hit really hard yeah, yeah you're stan hansen yeah stan hansen yeah. mike awesome those type uh, of guys Bruiser brody yeah yeah and, and i like that about it that that's a type of that style of wrestling is definitely not in america or in wwe these days yeah partially because doing five german suplexes in a row to people is, causes a lot of concussions yeah it's <laughs> yeah. like right. Chris Benoit was my favorite of that time. Mm, yeah. I loved playing with him, but like his hard hitting style is partial 
Yeah. You can sort of blame it for what happened. Yeah. Yeah. They called it the strong style, and mm-hmm. um, essentially it's exactly what you described. Very hard-hitting, very... Um, uh, very aggressive, and if you watch a lot of Japanese wrestling, most of the matches is just guys just elbowing the fuck out of each other, or chopping the hell out of each mm-hmm. other, and you know, it's, it is, it is, you know, it's part of their culture, and it's part of that that way of doing wrestling, and it's hard for them to get away from it, and in some ways, uh, it, it is a little um, dangerous for the sport. It's similar to the ECW days, uh, where they were all about chair shots to the head, unprotected, uh, which obviously, if you go look in Wikipedia, anyone who's in ECW of the '90s, you'll see a lot of those guys are in just awful, awful shape uh, today. Yep. And it's it's very sad, but um, you know, I am happy to to let people know that New Japan Wrestling has had uh, a renaissance the past uh, two or three years, and they're doing really well. So you know, they they are able to kind of uh, you know bring pro wrestling back to it to a form that is popular. Um, but uh, yeah, and they actually um, for a while they had some good uh, all Japan wrestling games. I believe I can't remember the names of them, but uh, they actually did uh, very well. Yeah, and I mean like current guys like Brian and Punk both have they they have they picked up some stuff from Japan. Like definitely mm-hmm. their their emphasis on kicks, especially Daniel Bryan's like Shining Wizard stuff. Like it's yeah, totally exactly. that that is Japanese in style. So they get in what they can. But yeah, yeah. one last thing I want to bring up about Aki. It's like. Uh, do you think they shouldn't have strayed from the licensed wrestling games? Do you think maybe they were lured by EA money for the Def Jam thing and then just sort of petered out? Because it seemed like, you know, if they'd stuck with it, they probably would have still been on top and, and, and as far as in the hearts of all the fans. I think THQ just chose to... They went with Ukes over Aki. Like, they had to, at some point, choose hmm. one or the other for their main lo- main str- their most popular uh, pro wrestling game in the PS2 generation. They went yeah. with, Then they went with Ukes instead of Aki. And so... I think Aki just picked up what they could. Like ultimate, mm. the ultimate muscle game was that was like the right move for them to make. It just wasn't that popular yeah. here. It was tied into an anime on kids TV in America that never they they seemed to be thinking it was be the next Pokemon, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, you know, I would think that um, it wasn't Aki's decision. Sure. I think that's probably what happened was similar to what you described, where is a situation where they didn't have the choice um, because people obviously love those games. They they sold really well, so I don't think it's a case of uh, them saying, you know what, we're going to make Def Jam games. It was more of a case of the license just wasn't available for them anymore, unfortunately, and uh, that's just the fate of what happens when you're making games for a license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this was a weird period where, with uh, the WWF's case, they were making uh, WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy for N64, but they had to make drastically different games for the PlayStation. That's when the SmackDown series started. Exactly. Way, and Ukes worked on those, and I guess oh, going yeah. into the next generation, they were like, well, we've got this one sort of game that's worked on PlayStation before, let's just keep with it. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, N64... You know, that style wasn't sticking around, so... It's a shame, yeah. but, you yeah. know, yeah. what can you do? Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to jump back. Uh, Donahoe, you were dissing on WWF Warzone. Yes. And uh, that is actually mm-hmm. Alex Forsyth's personal favorite. Uh-oh. Um, so... Uh, I just could not... I couldn't get into it either. My friend brought over the N64 version of that... When I was already like super addicted to yeah, sure. World Tour, but he was like, "No, man, check out Warzone. It's better." And it well, first it's, it had all awful. these these pre Attitude <laughs> oh, no. Era guy, or the I guess Attitude Era was, was just, just starting. But yeah, I didn't know Savio Vega or Rocky Maivia, and then 
<laughs> and it, it it also, I believe, gameplay wise, it kind of went more with the dial a combo school. Yeah, of, right. Like, all right, I want to do the tomb stuff. Okay, A B yeah. X X down. Right. It's just, like, no, f that. <laughs> if I may, I have some notes given to me by Alex. He just wanted to say some things about it to defend himself, I guess, at this point. <laughs> but uh, uh, he said it was the first one, or one of the first ones, a really robust uh, create-a-wrestler system. Uh, and one of the things he, he says I ever did on the internet was print off a 50-page list of parts to create a whole whack uh. of wrestlers. Uh, he also said the grapple and reversal systems were balanced like a fighting game. A power bomb could get reversed by a hurricane. Her, her, her her and you could only perform the reversal if your character had said move in their moveset. And then he said, uh, it's probably one of the few examples of a game that was better on N64 than PS1, <laughs> considering what we said about PS1 I think they were so always far. better. Yeah. yeah. Um, had more modes, no load times, transparent shadow cheat mode, and you could always get a damage multiplier for performing a move through a table or TV, and they would actually break, while on PS1 they would just flicker and disappear. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can defend the, uh, the PlayStation 1 WWF games a, a tad, just because they had better presentation in terms of they could use like full wrestler themes because it was on cd they would have announcing yes. from i believe it was a jim ross and uh oh, jerry God, lawler back yeah, then they, yeah. they would all go salvio vega yes power <laughs> slam yeah i think we'll break but the, yeah like it's just so unintuitive especially if you go back to it i mean for you know no mercy or wrestlemania 2000 literally to do a, a stone cold stunner you just like press like i forget what it is like hit the thumbstick and then Press the trigger, and then there you've done the special move, and it's the same for every single wrestler. Mm. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing it in Warzone, it's like down, down, left, and square, and it's something completely different. If you want to do the Tombstone for the Undertaker, where it's like yeah. I can't remember all this stuff. It's like trying to remember fatalities. Yeah. No. In in the Aki games, like it was at least like context sensitive. Like yeah. if the guy's finisher is off the top rope, you better know it's off the top rope yeah. and to do it. But most people's was just a strong grapple. Always, I remember they, how they did yeah. their hands in that certain way for a strong grapple. And, yeah. And yeah, strong grapple, wiggle the thumbstick or the analog stick, and then boom, you did it. But that's the style that still goes on today, where the same Basically, button does the, yeah. does the finisher for all wrestlers in today's games, whereas the Warzone style has yeah. gone away. Which uh, N64 game had Stone Cold on the cover? That was Warzone. Okay, yeah. that yes. was Warzone? Okay, yes. because uh, I worked at a GameStop from 2001 to 2003, and I swear, like, the most games we got traded in were N64 wrestling games, <laughs> but we had more of that game than any other used game. We had boxes of that game in the back that were oh, traded yeah. in for, like, a dime. You can get more fun throwing that thing across a lake or something <laughs> than, yes. than the dime we would give you, but I think eventually we put all the loose N64 cards out on the floor, just, you know, like, steal these if you want, because they're not worth anything. <laughs> but yeah, I distinctly remember whenever I see that Stone Cold uh, cover for Warzone, I just think of uh, working at GameStop and just giving kids, like, nickels for them, you know. <laughs> Shudder. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dave, you did mention something that I want to pick out, something that Alex also wanted to talk about, and that is the f- the, about the uh, CD quality themes yeah. and whatnot. And he said it was the best thing ever when wrestling games started introducing those full versions of the entrance themes, especially ones that weren't available on the CD compilations yet, because uh, <laughs> you couldn't just buy any th- song you wanted on iTunes back then. So. Yeah, so I mean, it was on N64, but I think it was kind of like a Tony Hawk situation where it's like, well, you'll get 30 seconds of the theme on N64, but PlayStation, <laughs> you get the whole thing, you get taunts from the wrestlers during the match. That was the one thing that was lacking in those... Uh, Aki wrestling games. Well, that's just it's cartridge versus CD-ROM. That's yeah. just how it was with mm-hmm. all that stuff. Whereas, yeah, so Revenge and uh, WrestleMania 2000, you just hear butt rock the entire time. Mm-hmm. But 
I, I remember the intro music uh, for it was No Mercy. It was just all the the song of just like little clips of people going like dit, 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 diggity dog. Yes. <laughs> all right. So it was that was the one place N sixty four couldn't compare his presentation. But I we played the the Nitro game they had for PlayStation One recently, and <laughs> just like, as bad as yeah. Uh, the, the only edge it had was like you'd pick. Like Kevin Nash, and then Kevin Nash would have a little video going like, "Yeah, pick me. I'm Kevin Nash. I'll beat him up." Like, <laughs> and, which was you know the, at least interesting. Like, wow, this guy recorded a special thing just for me to see. <laughs> yeah. But then you'd play the game, and it was just awful, just hideous. Mm-hmm. And- I also recommend going on YouTube and watching the uh, the selection videos for uh, Nitro and Thunder. They're they're phenomenal. Like some of them are. Yeah. are just so completely preposterous like you watch them and you're like these guys obviously had no direction they did not want to be there and they wanted to get out there as fast as possible yeah. just say whatever you want who cares yeah <laughs> um so we also mentioned like the sort of the licensing shift in that era as well because acclaim lost wwf it went to thq thq lost wcw and then, th- which went to EA, and they made like two or three really awful. They're all forgettable. Yeah. 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 Backstage yeah. Assault what was that one? Yeah, yeah. The only wrestling game with no ring. Yeah, yes. my knowledge. Because it's backstage. <laughs> all backstage. Uh, and then Acclaim kind of tried to pick up the pieces by making a couple of ECW games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have any experience with those. I was a massive ECW fanboy mm-hmm. because I wanted to be like, yeah, those those other things are cool, but I'm watching the extreme. Like not like outsider league ECW where they jump off ladders into fluorescent light bulbs. And, yeah, uh, and so it was a big deal that they got there. They were on the verge of becoming like a real major promotion. They had that game, and they also got on the channel which that would become Spike TNN. TNN. Yeah, they had a weekly show, and I was like, "Wow, ECW's finally going to do it!" But that was just as far as it went. Like they were dead within a year after that happened. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. The EC, I think there were two ECW games. Yes. But yeah. They were both not very good either. Well, because they used it, they used the Warzone yep. engine, and so <laughs> when you're working with that engine, <laughs> you're not going to go very far, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, the other problem was is that at the time that these games were being created, um, ECW was just a dying company. Yeah. Um, they, yes, they were on TNN, but the likelihood of them succeeding was very low. Um, Paul Heyman, that was running the company, they had a lot of issues. Uh, and also at the time, and this is really what, what killed ECW, was that, um, you know, the, the, the time when ECW was like this, you know, outsider league like you're just describing, uh, was before they really got on television, before they had any notice. Mm. And once they started to get notice, WWF and WCW started, you know, taking all their major wrestlers. So the, the Dudleys left, Taz left, uh, Mike Awesome left, uh, Sabu, Chris Jericho. So all these guys left the promotion. So you're at a point where they really don't have anyone to build a company around. And when you're trying to sell a video game, that's difficult too because yeah. a you're you're working with an insanely crappy engine, and then you're working with a roster where you're like, wow, do I want to play a C uh, C W Anderson? I think his yeah. name was. I remember Amish Roadkill was one. Of yeah, the like Amish Roadkill. They, when you have the competition of the the WWF and WCW games, so I mean, I don't blame them for for trying to make games. I don't blame mm-hmm. them for trying to succeed, but it was an uphill battle that they just weren't going to win. Yeah, and there were always these outliers in me too. As the WCW and WWF games were doing so well, like the biggest 
the end of that generation was the biggest boom period in pro wrestling I'd ever seen, like 98 to 2001, I'd say, yes. was the biggest. And so anybody could get a game back then. Like, he's, like it claimed just, they, oh, we can't get WWF or WCW? I hear ECW is almost as big. Let's just sign them. Like, yeah. And that's also how you got backyard pro wrestling. I was going to ask, was there a backyard wrestling game? There was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two years, yeah, there was. Even that had a ring, though. It was just <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the Juggalos were in there, yes, too, they right? were. Yeah, the and I think, like, a porn star, too. Real, uh, Real classic. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about those games. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Best to forget. Yeah. Well, I, that- I think I had read this... I, I read a lot of books on pro wrestling, <laughs> uh, but in this in this book called "The Death of WCW," yes, written by Brian Alvarez. That's yes. right from uh, WrestleCrap. Mm-hmm. But uh, they made this big deal in the book that like they, they say that at the time when THQ lost WCW, its stock went down, and they were they blame like that uh, losing WCW on that, and them ending up with WWF like. Was a, was seen as a bad thing at the time, which I still find that hard to believe because that would have happened in like '98, which is when yeah. the turnaround had happened. WWF had become more popular than the WCW at that point, but hmm. the book frames it as it was a loss, and that EA, like in EA style, just spent more money and got WCW from THQ, the yeah. smaller guy. But <laughs> it's still fi- I find that hard to believe. Hmm. I guess this takes us into the next generation of consoles and you know that's pretty much when WCW kind of finally went yeah. kaput and they were dead in 2001 swallowed yeah. up by WWE yeah. 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 spring um, break 2001 that was the last Nitro the- yeah and so that's also when Aki sort of moved away from the licensed wrestling games and Yuke sort of became the go-to Japanese game developer mm-hmm. uh, originally at least for the WWE games um, like that's that's when THQ really started going hard on annualizing the WWE games as well. Yeah. It was a really weird situation at the start. In, I think it was, it started in 2001 where SmackDown was a Sony franchise, but Microsoft wanted their own, so they got Raw. Mm-hmm. And then oh, GameCube just right. got things that weren't either of those. It was yeah. Day of Reckoning or uh, yeah. Backlash, was that? No, it wasn't Backlash. Armageddon? Armageddon? Yeah, yeah that one. Man. Backlash was GBA, I remember. Uh-huh. But SmackDown was just the best. It was the best of those three. The Raw ones in particular were just awful. They actually got the, um, was it uh, one of the Mortal Kombat creators to to make the game uh, for Raw for Xbox. Mm. And uh, I never played that game, but I I heard it was not very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not surprising. (laughs) I remember, like, every year when the GameCube one was about to come out, like, I would read interviews with the creators, and uh, every time they'd be asked, so is this going to be like the hockey games? Those are the ones Nintendo fans really like. <laughs> like, you know, there's aspects. I think that I think hockey <laughs> fans will find a lot, and they never played like them. Like they, yeah. they still had strong grapples and weak grapples. Like that, pretty much. Ukes had that too. That that basically just became the normal thing to have strong grapple, weak grapple, strong attack, weak attack, and a finisher. Like most games had that at that point. But mm-hmm. I think Ukes they he, they made the best with the SmackDown than in a SmackDown versus Raw games, but. 
uh, of the licensed ones, theirs were the best, but they I, they never really clicked with me. Like I like their presentation. I could tell they were at least expensive, and they their creator wrestler suite like just kept growing and growing. Yeah. And they also had the most match types. Like I'll give them mm-hmm. give them credit for that. But I still never I never loved those games. Uh, that time also left Acclaim again picking up the pieces, and there weren't really any more franchises to really license. So they made the Legends of Wrestling series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, from, Three of those and uh, pretty much crap all across the board. Is from what I hear. I played I played one of them and it was okay. Yeah. But the problem was again, it's similar to the ECW game where when you're trying to sell a game that doesn't have the modern stars, it's very difficult. I mean, obviously you got your Ultimate Warriors. You got um, I forget who else. Actually, I think Hogan was in one of them. Yeah, I think yeah. Hogan was in one. Like Sergeant um, Slaughter and. Uh, yeah, you know it's 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 a tough sell because again, you know, as a as a wrestling fan, you want the modern stars, and a lot of these guys uh, in in these in these Legends of Wrestling game hadn't been on TV for years. Yeah, uh, most most people who got into wrestling had no idea who you know some of these guys are and yeah. so and basically also just you know anybody fondly remembered who was also not with wwe at the time exactly <laughs> and so it was a good idea but i, I yeah. think it's a hard sell for a casual wrestling fan because the casual guys they wanted stone cold they wanted the rock they wanted triple h and so you know playing as the ultimate warrior was cool for me because i i was grew up with the ultimate warrior but if you grew up with the attitude era you're like who the hell is this guy that paints right. his face and <laughs> makes these insane promos that make no sense <laughs> i remember legends of wrestling i i rented it I, one or two i forget which but I think it was on the GameCube. The GameCube version of one of those was a buggy mess. Like, I remember floating through the ring multiple times. Like, you just... You Were start... you playing Andre the Giant's Ghost? <laughs> yeah. Oh, only. No, no. Yeah, you just... I, like, I threw someone into the ring, and then, like, I think it was the one of the Road Warriors. He started his animation to enter the ring, except he didn't go up. And so he was just walking through the ring with his head, like, floating on the canvas, and the other guy was above him, and... And I, there was no way to end the match, so we just turned it off at that point. Oh. Quit, I forget which, but yeah, it was my experience with Legends of Wrestling was not very good. Mm. So yeah, like the most prominent games of the past ten years or so have been like Uke's WWE games, yeah. and mm-hmm. like they seem to have know, fluctuated in quality from what I gather. I don't know if you guys can talk about that at all. I mean, have it's they gotten of- any better? Have they gotten worse? Don't do because be good, of that, they'll be good angle. and then go down in quality for a few years, and then they'll kind of jump back up after yeah. a few years. So, like, yeah, basically since the start of this most Xbox 360 slash PS3 generation is the first time they were making the same wrestling game for multiple consoles. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like the Madden situation where it's like you're doing the same wrestling game every year, you're changing the roster somewhat, uh, adding new features and whatnot. It does the like using the same engine kind of gets old. And they only they only like revamped it. I think two or three years ago with WWE 12. They Even stopped. That wasn't much of a revamp. Like they changed the logo and it, but the engine was just, it was just the modified SmackDown engine. They didn't yeah. throw out the old engine and start over. Like hmm. I'd say at this point, Ukes is just they're in such a either you could say groove or rut that they <laughs> they don't know how to get out of it. And they and also I think that they're kind of held back by all the stuff they've made for it. Like, I, I mm. they made this, uh, a competitor, Konami published, I forget the developer, but there was a... Oh, Rumble Roses? No, no, the, oh. the Lucha Libre... The Rumble Roses game. was awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that game was pretty awesome. Yeah. But, um, but there was this Lucha Libre game that uh, yeah. that was, it was for CMLL or AAA, I forget which, but they, 
they were showing us off. I said, like, oh, do you have a ladder match? Do you have a cage match? Do you have this? They're like, no, we, we couldn't make any of those things. There'll be a next year's version. Next year never came. <laughs> so if they were to restart the Ukes franchise, like, they'd have to rebuild all these match types that they've just grown over the years. I see. Sort of, it would just be such a huge effort for them that it's just easier to just update, 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 and still keep all the different match types they've built over the past decade. Hmm. I mean, that's the difficult thing about um, making a, a annual-based game. Mm-hmm. Is exa- it's, it's legacy code. You have all, this, um, you have all this, this engine that you need to iterate on every year, but it's like you're saying, if you want to go back to the drawing board and start from scratch, it's going to take a significant amount of resources to get to a point where you're able to provide a feature set that is uh, you know, what the consumers want. And unfortunately, we're at a point where if you want to make a game that is available every year with the development costs, with the resources, especially with the WWE product, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if people know this, but at the time uh, that wrestling was at its, at its peak, Raw was two hours, SmackDown was two hours, so you had four hours of television. We're now at a point where we have about six to seven hours of television a week. Mm-hmm. And it's just and, WWE. And that's just WWE. You're not counting TNA. You're not counting Ring of Honor. You're not counting any other uh, other promotions. And so if you think about it from a fan perspective, that's a lot of content every week. And that's a lot of wrestlers that debut. They change their look. And it's really hard to keep up with all that content. Mm-hmm. And I think what we may see, and this is what I hope. I don't, I don't know any inside information. But I would presume that with the Xbox One PS4 versions, they, they may possibly try to go back to the drawing board but it, i think at this point it may just be difficult for them and so i think from their perspective what they're going to try to do is say okay how can we you know make this a better online experience i actually listened to a podcast with uh one of the designers brian williams um he's great I like guy. yeah he was on a uh podcast uh, one of the wrestling observer podcasts and he was talking about you know like what what the series holds and i think from gathering what he was he was talking about and i I know him i've met him before and i and i know i know all the guys over there and and i know that they're super super secretive about saying Hmm. anything like they can't confirm or deny so um but i I think gathering from what he was talking about it seems like the future of wrestling games from what i've gathered is a more online experience where you can create your own promotions and like maybe i can create a promotion and then you know we can uh, I can battle against yours, and so really making that online aspect a, a a big part of the series, and I think that's where they can really excel. Um, and, and unfortunately, when it comes to stuff like the engine, I think it's just something you have to accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like I, I don't see Ukes being tied to like the WWE games that much longer. For one thing, yeah, like the WWE franchise has aged throughout the entire console generation. It's been they've made one every year for the Xbox 360. And it doesn't seem like something that can like kind of just be kicked up to Xbox One, PS4 level, like because the games are kind of looking a little bit iffy, just graphics wise, not that, not that great at the end of the generation. Yeah. And the fact that 2K now has the WWE license, and I don't know many 2K games that are made, you know, in Japan. And the fact that they've got yeah. WWE games, which is sort of a separate entity from Ukes, I feel like they could bring it in house and like put it with visual concepts or one of the companies that's making sports games for 2k and i don't know it's kind of a weird area i'm gonna i'm gonna make a bet and i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> my, my bet is that they they don't leave you and this is my reasoning i think it, it's they've, they've been with the product for too long and from thq's perspective 
And again, um, by the way, I used to work at EA. So okay. having worked at a, at a studio, having, having worked at a big video game company, I have a better understanding of how games are made. And especially at a time where games are very, very expensive to make right now. Yeah. And I think you know this is something everyone knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is common knowledge. And I think too that if we're at we're at this new this um, console transition period where you know to create a game for PS4, Xbox One. And the thing is, these wrestling games are going to be out much like they were when they transitioned from PS2 uh, and Xbox over to you know 360 and PS3. They're still going to make them for those systems because there's still a huge user base there. And so because of that, I I honestly don't think they're going to get rid of Ukes because there's no way that they're going to be able to to start from scratch. To be able to create a game that's available on uh, PS3, Xbox 360, PS4, and Xbox One. I I just can't see it possible. I mean, I was thinking... And I probably shouldn't have been thinking this way, but like because UFC went to EA and they're like, "This is next gen only," but that's why they, they, they can make that jump. But whereas they, they yeah. have that luxury, but I, I think because of the fact that these uh, the the WWE games sell very well, yeah. there's I would there's absolutely no way it's going to be PS4, Xbox One only. There's yeah. no way it cannot happen. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I'm afraid that they might have to stick with it, but. At the same time, like I said, I think to supplement that, they're going to try to add more online features, add more things to it. And, I mean, these games are not bad. I, I mean, they're, they're, they're fun games. They, they, you know, they've been doing a lot of awesome stuff. You know, they add a lot of great stuff, like the, the Attitude Era mode from a couple years back. Last year, yeah. It was amazing. Uh, I like the, 30 Years of WrestleMania. Yeah, the 30 Years too, of WrestleMania is really great. And so I'm not, I mean, in any, any way trying to say that these games aren't good. I mean, obviously, they can be improved. I mean, that is a, a, a certain fact. And I think they, they will, you know, improve over time. But uh, unfortunately, I think all of our dreams of like, oh, let's just scrap the engine and like put in the Aki engine or totally change <laughs> yeah. it. I just don't think it's feasible, unfortunately. Uh, here's here's my uh, vision of the future WWE games is that I think uh, they even they, they said the visual concepts, their main uh, sports studio had some level of involvement in 2K14. Like, they, I, I, I just, I think in the future, maybe the Ukes will just become the slave labor on it, doing all the hard work, but visual concepts. Not unlike how the THQ had all these producers on the US side making a lot of creative calls. I think, I think that's more so the future. And maybe over time, they'll just transition into it just being visual concepts thing. Yeah. Or who knows, 2K, they've got a lot of money. They could just buy Ukes and make them 2K Japan or something like mm. that. Yeah, that could potentially happen. Right. And I think, too, what we might see is something... Uh, we didn't really touch upon too much was the WWE, uh, I believe it's All Stars game, yeah, which is a, a game that was developed in San Diego, I believe, by THQ yeah. um, and uh, produced by Sal Devita, who had worked on the Midway arcade yeah. game. Yeah, and I actually haven't played that game, although I heard from a lot of people, especially on the Rassel Gaff uh, Neo Gaff <laughs> forum, seemed to really like it. It seemed like a very fun arcadey game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's de- different from the other previous games, but it was a na- it was able to give a a wrestling game that was different from the really semi uh, SmackDown versus Raw. Well, now the you know Two K or whatever W. What are they called now? Apostrophe series. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I, I could potentially see something like that. Like maybe they they go back to the drawing board and saying, you know what, let's do a more arcadey game. Let's do a more uh, a, a, a game that it kind of uh, gives you the same elements of what you expect out of a wrestling game. But in a way that's uh, uh, you know presented a little bit different. So I would lo- I would love to see that, and I hope that they uh, if they hope that they go in that direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean All Stars was pretty good. 
it was uh, kind of like what you're mentioning before with that uh, with the Konami game, where it's like there weren't a lot of features in it because they were building this from scratch. It was very arcadey, uh, but it was also it came at a time when the the mainline WWE games were kind of impenetrable. Like you would have a roster of seventy or eighty modern people, and someone who kind of fall who had fallen off the bandwagon of wrestling wouldn't know like who to pick. Yeah. And the you know the mechanics might be a little bit foreign to them. This was like thirty guys tops, perhaps I can't remember the exact number, but uh, half of it was like classic guys that if you liked wrestling as a kid, you would remember them, and then the other half would be just like the top ten or so, yeah, current guys. So it was a really nice mixture, and like I wish they had gone back to that because it, it it worked, and it just needed more things. It needed like a ladder match, it needed a steel cage match. It didn't have that sort of stuff. Yeah, and and, th- and that's exactly why I'm saying that um, I I. I'm fearful that Yuke's will be the developer. Not fearful, but I, I just think it's just what's going to happen is because of that reason. I mean, to go back from the drawing board and start from scratch, the, the problem is is that you're going to have wrestling fans that are so used to all these modes, like you know the Royal Rumble mode, the ladder match, the TLC match, you know the hardcore match, to have all these modes and then to release. It's similar to what happened with the 360 and PS3 versions. I remember reviewing those back when they came out. That was part of the problem. It's that Madden problem of like once you're on the next gen, we're like, oh, we'll give you some features because yeah. that leaves enough, it yeah. gives them time to to add those new features um, in the, in the the next versions. And so I think um, it's going to be an interesting time for wrestling games moving forward because with the Attitude Era mode, with the um, the 30 years of WrestleMania, they're going to have to really be creative in terms of coming up with like hooks to get people to want to go back and play these games. Because wrestling right now is actually at a point where it's at its worst. I think it's, uh, uh, personally, has been in years. Like, interest level right now is dropping significantly. So, and the problem with wrestling games, or any licensed game, really, is that how popular uh, the license is greatly impacts how good the, the game could be. Because if the, if the WWE product is not great it's not going to leave a lot of options for the wrestling uh, game to to really excel as well. So Absolutely. I, I really hope that uh, wrestling uh, continues to, uh, to to get better because yeah. I want to see these games succeed, um, and I want to be playing wrestling games, you know, 10 years from now. Yeah. I really – you mentioned Rumble Roses. I totally forgot. Like, I, I just yeah. miss the – I feel like there's no space now for, like, weird B-level games that exactly. are wrestling games that don't feature – the WWE stars like they're nobody seems to want to invest in those like the the awful Xbox Live Fire Pro Wrestling at least oh. it was a, a non WWE wrestling game like it was or terrible. even or even Hogan's Connect game oh, oh wow yes <laughs> oh man he, he reviewed that I game did game. I uh, can you explain it, what that is it, so it's a basically a, a wrestling <laughs> wasn't that called main event yeah hold, wait what was it. I think it was uh, Hulk Hogan's main event, wasn't it? Sure, yeah. it could have been. Maybe the the, the uh, trademark had lapsed, but yeah. Hulk Hogan needs money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was for a while the lowest review score I ever gave. I gave it a two out of ten. Um, but it was it. You were on the high side, in the yeah. <laughs> I was. I was higher than the Metacritic rating, I think. But it was just. It was basically like sort of dance central with wrestling, so you would like <laughs> do punches and it would sort of happen on screen, but it didn't really work. And it was all weird cutscenes, and you never actually played as Hulk Hogan. He weird. Was, he was like your manager in the game, mm-hmm. but he, it was a really terrible cartoony style. I was thinking was, you have to mime like taking vitamins and saying prayers and like, going yes. to school <laughs> just to make him happy. Uh, you would just, do poses and it would replicate the poses. And the, yeah, and, like, but taunts it, and stuff. It was just weird and not. 
the right style. Like if you're gonna do a connect game with wrestling, I always thought it should be like Dance Central, but with ring entrances. Like just mm-hmm. match yes. like yeah, like yeah, Stone Cold. Yeah, you know, walking up the ropes and doing the middle finger, or like Undertaker, like his like calling for the urn sort yes. of signal. But uh, yeah, just main, Hulk Hogan's main event, I believe it was called. I don't know. Right. I've, I've been trying to block that game out of my memory. Sure. So. Wow. Well, right. we, we also forgot to mention that there was a TNA game. Uh, yeah. All right. It came yeah. out in I believe like 2008 or nine. Um, it was actually a pretty decent game. Uh, I think yeah. I. I think I previewed it or may have reviewed it. I can't remember. Was that Midway? It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was actually a pretty oh, yeah. decent game. But one of the one of the things that um, I like to see uh, on forums is that people like to compare the Booker T oh, wow, yeah. model from the TNA game <laughs> to the current uh, uh, the current versions, and it's it's night and day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The current version of Booker T looks completely awful, and he looked uh, pretty damn good in the TNA yeah. game. So that that's the, that's the one thing about the the Ux games is that some some of the characters uh, models that they create look pretty damn good. And others, not yeah, so yeah. much. And I think it was even like it was even bigger, like the evolution. Because yeah, they the first first image is uh, Impact, and then there were like one or two SmackDown versus Raw games where yeah. uh, THQ actually like scanned the wrestlers, so yeah. they were somewhat realistic. Right. But now, like nowadays, they just don't have the time, I guess. Hmm. So they basically like they're probably using like a glorified create a wrestler and like yeah the way Booker T looked last year was just awful. Yeah. Well, if they're a, if they're one of the top picked yeah. guys on the top, they make sure they look like Triple H looks like Triple H. His yeah. nose is as oh. used as he should be. But uh, of course, I, I I'm going to steal a joke from an old coworker of mine, Shane Patterson, that he he did this article on like the. Uh, once called on the the, the worst looking celebrities in games and <laughs> one of his entries was the undertaker every year and it was he just got the undertaker from like five ps2 era wrestling games and he looked <laughs> hideous like, <laughs> the undertaker's like a matinee idol in his looks anyway <laughs> but he looked really bad in those uh, games yeah. well um <laughs> I think we're reaching the end, but let's uh, let's bring things up a bit. Uh, I want to ask you guys: uh, Did we forget any Japanese games that are not Fire Pro that you wanted to talk about? There were some, uh, like I said earlier, there were some uh, all Japan games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a game called Kingdom Something mm. uh, that was uh, pretty good. Um, There's also a Royal Rumble arcade game that came out, which was. Uh, uh, I can't right. remember exactly. Uh, was that the one that was on the Dreamcast as well? Yes, exactly. Okay, yes. so I remember that. Yeah. So the one claim to fame that it had is that it would have more than six people on in the ring at the same time, which is something that even now modern games. Yeah, like, oh, it's actually, um, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, back to that that wrestling uh, podcast I was listening to yeah. with the Brian Williams, the uh, designer. Uh, that was one of the things he was excited about for the PS4 and Xbox. That would be rad. Oh, one yeah. version yeah, yeah. is that they'll be able to actually have more wrestlers on the screen. Because mm-hmm. one one person asked, "Why is there no Survivor Series match?" And a Survivor Series matches tend to have um, it's many, five versus five, five versus five, and mm-hmm. they've always asked, "Why you don't have Survivor Series on?" And he's like, "Oh, I always wanted. I, I always asked them to do it, but they never can do it." One of the reasons why is that they just can't fit that many models on the screen. So I think, um, especially now I'm playing Dead Rising 3, and I'm like, I'm just so amazed <laughs> by the amount of zombies oh, yeah. that they can fit on the screen. So yeah. that's really cool for wrestling games. Maybe we can have, you know, yeah. you know, a Royal Rumble where there's just a ton of guys in the ring. Or we can have these, like, you know, five-on-five Survivor Series matches. So it's pretty exciting. I'm actually looking forward to what what these new uh, consoles can do for wrestling games. Yeah. yeah. The one downside with the 
the Dreamcast uh, Royal Rumble game is that, yeah, you could have like eight or nine people in the ring at the same time, but they only had a roster of like a little over 20 wrestlers. So you would have a Royal Rumble match where there would be like three Stone Colds and three Canes and two Undertakers. And it's just like, well, I appreciate what you did here, but it's not it's not realistic at all to see this many bad, of the no. same guy. Uh. All right. Uh, another thing I want to mention, uh, also kind of requested by Alex, is uh, Botchamania. If you guys yes. want, yes, yes, Botchamania so much. Yeah, uh, it's funny because give uh, us a rundown. What so, so um, started by a guy named Matthew. 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 Um, he started. It's this insanely funny YouTube series where basically what he does is he just takes uh, funny botches. A botch is essentially in a wrestling match, a the wrestlers screw up. Mm-hmm. So a guy may, you know, try to move and he slips on the ring post or he slips mm-hmm. on the ropes or like the Shockmaster, you know, debuting and yeah. falling on his face. And he, he cuts these together, usually puts video game tunes to it. Yeah. Um, absolutely phenomenal. They're hard to find because they get taken down a lot because of copyrights. Uh, oh, sure. But they're really good. And what's interesting about him is I think he is actually doing a, a book. He did like a Kickstarter, yes. I believe. He just finished a Kickstarter. It's supposed to be about the history of wrestling video games. Yeah. Yes. That's so, the other thing. That's called Wrestling with Pixels. It does have some of the Botchmania guys involved. And yeah, it's basically like a catalog of uh, wrestling games. But they also are getting interviews with wrestlers and developers and all sorts of people like that. And so, yeah. That's exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that. I, I love Botch. I haven't seen any recently. However, oh, 240 I... that they just posted has it is so good. It ends with this this indie match that it seems like Booker T is the promoter slash um, announcer for it, and they buy this table and it's a table match where the table has to break and. <laughs> The table will not break. That is Booker, Japanese table. But Booker T will not let them stop the match. He's like, this is a table's match. It ends when the table breaks. And so the guy who's supposed to lose through going through the table keeps getting thrown at the table over and over oh, again. Oh. It will not break. And, <laughs> and, but yeah, the music in it, he he gets such great music like Genesis, NES, Super NES music. And that I, I've watched it with um, friend, a guy who's been on the podcast before, uh, Brad Elston, who he's just a game music junkie, and he sort of likes wrestling. But when I showed him Botchmania, he just could not stop watching him just to hear, like, oh, that's a that's Sonic 3. There's there's yeah. uh, there's also plenty of uh, Simpsons references, too. I, yeah, the one I watched, too. at least, last night. Yeah. yeah, so maybe that'll be a gateway drug for some people. <laughs> uh, one last thing is video game championship wrestling. Yes, that's also pretty a, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, so it's a channel on Twitch. Uh, I think the the guy's name is Baza Baza or something. But it's basically taking uh, create a wrestler versions of popular video game characters. Yes. So it's like full, taking this to a full potential, I think. Yeah, and I think what what really works best with video game championship wrestling is the Royal Rumble because mm-hmm. they have a roster of like fifty or sixty different like, yeah, video game yeah. characters. You know, everyone from Mario, everyone from Final <laughs> Fantasy. Right, yeah. Oh yeah, and it'll they'll get super granular. Like uh, like the most recent one had like Octodad, yeah. uh, <laughs> Gabe Newell. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like won. yeah, the other day, uh, of course. I, uh, I actually subscribed him on Twitch, so I got this email saying, like, the Royal Rumble is beginning, and I sent it to, to Henry, and, like, literally everyone at Games Radar was just, like, mystified by the Royal Rumble. Just watched it for an hour. An yeah. Hour yeah. Just 
from and, that stuff. But yeah, it's just a, it's an amazing channel on Twitch. And like you'll insert little story things, but it's really just the computer playing itself. And it's yeah. amazing how entrancing it can be when it's video game characters that are like, in, you know, for video game uh, fans, it's universal. Like you will watch it yes. even if you don't care about wrestling because oh, yeah. it's like it's Gabe Newell fighting Solid I, Snake. I have too. <laughs> and, you know, it's also fun just watching the chat in those videos because yeah. <laughs> people very much do treat it like they're like they're in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, pretty good stuff. Oh, and of course, the greatest wrestling game, Wrestle Jam. Ah. Great NES wrestling game, of course. Which I... You guys I, don't get one time. It's from uh, The Wrestler, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. right. I remember that now. Uh, it basically looked like the Rare's WrestleMania game, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. And from what I heard, like, Mickey Work actually required that it be a playable wrestling game. Hmm. So I oh. think somewhere out there, there's probably, like, a ROM that some guy made just so Mickey Work could play it. Hmm. Well, it makes movie. it a more natural scene with the kid where he's playing the game with him. Like, yeah, yeah. There is a little making of article that I saw and I remembered in preparation of this. Like the guys who did engineer it, like it wasn't really a ROM, but it was like a like a program that they did hook up NES controllers for, and yeah, it was <laughs> wow. playable to some degree. I've seen that movie, but I don't remember that. It's so. like one scene where he's just like he makes this kid play a wrestling game with them for like 15 minutes yeah. and he's like this isn't Call of Duty or something I can't remember yeah it's that the well. woman's son oh uh, yeah. I see I gotta go back and watch that yeah hmm. be surprised. <laughs> all right well I think that just about does it this has been pretty fun I think a lot of insight from you guys and I thank you all for yeah. coming by I learned a lot yeah and of course uh, also big thanks to Alex Forsyth I hope you got what you wanted Alex <laughs> I hope I was able to deliver it for you and that uh, we did good by you so mm-hmm. I definitely want to thank him as well he he uh, personally requested that to get me on, so oh, I, nice. I very, wow. I very much appreciate that, yeah. uh, Mr. Crayman. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Back in the old EGM Live days, I love just as a fan. I just love listening to the episodes with you on it because I know you defend wrestling games. To <laughs> yes, all yes. The other haters on there. Yes, I loved going to the uh, the Superstar Challenges where they yeah. for THQ where they would actually have us interview the wrestlers. You made them play Touch the Dead. That was, right? Wasn't that the yeah? Part? Actually, yes, yes. I, I <laughs> yeah. totally forgot about that. So. Yeah, the first time I, I interviewed with uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, Mr. Kennedy, uh, Kennedy, and some other guys, and uh, it was such a fun experience because I'm asking them these completely stupid questions. The, the second year, I was interviewing with, I believe it was Maurice, or um, it was one of, the, uh, one of the divas, I don't know which mm-hmm. one, and I did this bit where... I was like, um, you know, she just recently posed in Playboy, and I'm like, my mom won't let me uh, <laughs> look at your Playboy magazine pictures. Can you convince her to let me do it? And so I actually, like, legitimately called my mother on my iPhone, and I gave it to her. Uh-huh. And she she was like, hello? She's like, oh, it's my son. She's And she's like, can we, can he look at my Playboy pictures? And my mom's like, sure, okay. <laughs> it was the right, funniest right. thing in the world. It was so awesome. And I, I actually interviewed CM Punk, and I tried to get, because I know he likes G.I. Joe. He has a Cobra mm. tattoo. So I tried to get him to do a Cobra Commander impression with me, and that guy did not give a shit. <laughs> it was com- incredibly awkward. Like This guy was like, I do not want to be here right now. Yeah. So. As a uh, someone who used to cover wrestling games and going to those conventions, mm-hmm. or I, I, I definitely miss that. It was one of the things I enjoyed most working at one up in EGM, and, and those wrestling videos were were definitely a lot of fun. And so uh, yeah. uh, I, I think you can still find them on the internet. So if you can, yeah. uh, definitely check them. If out. If I can, I'll link them. Yeah, so, that'd yeah be cool for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's that's us. We're on RetroHouse.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Bob, you've been doing some live streaming lately. Yeah, I recently played through Tiny Toon Adventures Buster yes. Bust Loose, and I'll probably have a few <laughs> nice. more up after yeah. we record this. Yeah. Those are all under our same username, Retronauts, across the board. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. Give us nice reviews on iTunes. Five stars, nine stars, whatever works. Um, and our guest, do you have anything to plug? I'm sure you do, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm at Dave Rudden on Twitter. Um, I do the Cheap Popcast on the Laser Time Network, usually with Henry. And uh, I write for Official Xbox Magazine and host the KOXM podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I'm H uh, E N E R E Y G on Twitter. And uh, I, uh, like I said, the Cheap Podcast, also on the Laser Time Network. I do Cape Crisis, a comic book video game, uh, ugh, comic book <laughs> podcast that we do there. I keep saying video. And then in my other life, uh, I work for GamesRadar.com, uh, where I am the main wrestling guy there, but we cover a lot of stuff. My Twitter handle is KooTweetBro, that's C-O-O TweetBro, so please follow me there. Um, and I also, I work at Facebook, so if you just use Facebook, and I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> done and done. Right. Bobby on Twitter? Yes, I am Bob Servo on Twitter, and I also write for US Gamer and Something Awful. All right, yes, and I'm RDBAAA. That about does it. Once again, thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks to everybody for listening. And, uh, yes, I've been Ray Barnholt. We'll see you next time on Retronauts Pocket. Bye-bye. Super Nintendo may be a great game, but Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 8 is going to be no game. It's for real. It's yourself Facing Sid Justice, the man who is going to do us all a favor at WrestleMania 8. He is going to eliminate you, Hulk Hogan, and all your Hulkamaniacs once and for all. We'll be back.